Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics and the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am your host for today, Cross, sitting alongside my partner in crime, probably for the last time ever after the comment he made before we came on stream, Nitro. Say hello to the people, Nitro. What's up, good people? Okay, we're I'm kicking we're kicking this off with us. We're bringing this to the clan today. We're getting this out here. We are literally oh. sitting, waiting to go live. The countdown video is kicking off. And he looks at me and goes, I see that one frame of when we're talking to Dave Peppos. <laughs> and one of those what frames... You, it's after you had dyed your hair, and your hair, the dye was growing out, and you, you hadn't styled it that day, so it was like straight, like straight bangs. He goes, Dude. one of those frames, you look like <laughs> Joe Exotic Joe from Tiger King. Side by side, I promise you, side by side, you're going to thank me. Maybe not you, Cross, but the... the I'm going to say, I'm not going to freaking thank you. <laughs> Just ended a friendship with one comparison. Oh like, a little bit Joe Exotic. <laughs> I didn't, again, I didn't say you were him. I just said that one frame made you, you know, it was similarities. Mm hmm. See, he says that, but I'm still mad at him, so, you know. How are we all doing today? Probably doing better than I am right now oh after that. Gosh. How are we doing? Good to see you, Ravenite. Welcome on in, sir. Hi, hey. Thank you so much for coming back and hanging hey. out with us. I appreciate you coming back. Hi, hey, one of our new followers that joined us on Friday night for our CFE stream, which was an absolute blast. And nice. we're going to catch absolute chaos in this channel. Go Definitely catch us on Friday nights. Yeah, we kicked off season six. Kicked off season six. It was a lot of fun. Wearing my, my snazzy new Ravenite Comics King or Tiger Cross. No. No. We're not going that oh, road. This, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Ah, uh, dear. <laughs> but yeah, so Friday night we had a lot of fun. I was joined by Seal the Centurion, a longtime friend of ours, JB, a newer friend to the channel. Um, and after a little bit of shuffling around, Cable3 came in and joined us. Um, so he came and joined us as well, and we had an absolute blast kicking off Season 6 of Sea of Thieves. We raided one of the brand new forts. Uh, we ended up trying to raid an underwater part as well which ended up not being as much of a fight as just gathering things as we thought and also got into a little bit of pvp where we sank two ships the same size as ours and then got sunk uh, got sunk by a teeny little thing they kept swooping around us and took us out and um, but we had an absolute blast we will of course be back again this friday for more of it so catch that if you you know if you're interested in seeing us in utter yeah, chaos dude. and having no clue what we're doing every friday now it's our new stream which yep. is really exciting dude every friday like, i'm Sea of Thieves has become one of those fun streams just to do. It had to be done. Do you remember, yeah. like, when we were first talking about playing that game? I was like, I don't know, man. I I, I had to fight and convince you to play that game. Thank you. I had Thank to you for doing that, fight and convince you that it was going to be worthwhile, and it was like one of our most played games in the stream. It was awesome. It was awesome. But yeah, so thank you everyone who's here to join us today. We are, of course, going to be talking about the Batman. We are going to be talking about the new Robert Pattinson-led Batman movie from Matt Reeves. Full spoilers, everybody. Yeah, full spoilers Enter for the conversation. Risk. Full, full, full spoilers. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend going and watching it, going and catching it for yourself before you check out the show. Cable 3, which one of you is Vengeance? <laughs> Well, at this point, me after the freaking Joe Exotic <laughs> comment. After the Joe Exotic comment, I'm definitely vengeance. Oh. I'll do a little shout out for Cable, if I can spell. Nope, that's two, not three. There we go. A little I shout out. do a really good job. 
a little really shout out for Cable 3 um, again Cable one of the guys that joined us on Friday night we had an absolute blast in Sea of Thieves um, so yeah we're going to be getting into full spoilers for the Batman today um, at your own risk so I'm trying to think of like, if there's any like major news that dropped this week I don't, I don't think, think there so. was I mean, anything. I, I, we like, have obviously the net, the Netflix the Netflix Marvel shows are coming to Disney. Finally. Yeah, that's like, like this week. Sixteenth, yeah, so like three days they finally dropped. Yeah. That was one of the things actually. Was yeah. apparently there was a whole thing with a lot of parents that are like really mad that the Marvel Netflix shows are coming to Disney Plus, which I can understand because Disney's more of a family friendly content creator. If you're not used to that stuff. You're worried, yeah, like they your have, kids. They have like PG thirteen stuff on Disney. I mean, yeah, it's not like it's gonna bring anything new to the table. I, mean, I can think of maybe some stuff in Jessica Jones that you know might be I could, a bit risque for for Disney. But I, I can mean, think of a lot of stuff in a lot of the shows <laughs> that are a bit risque for Disney. And I'm like, I don't, what shows are you watching at Disney Plus? I'm just thinking of like the violence in Daredevil and Punisher, the freaking. The drug running going in a Luke Cage, the freaking like sex and Jessica Jones. Like, this isn't typical Disney Plus content, son. <laughs> what Disney Plus shows are you watching? <laughs> or Jessica Jones. You gotta pick. Yeah, no difference. No difference at all there. Um but yeah, so they're gonna be dropping. A lot of people are kind of a bit iffy on it. At the same time though, like I've got Disney Plus for my kids. It's like you can create kids' accounts for your younger yeah. kids to watch stuff. Keep an yeah. eye on what your kids are watching, you know, just monitor the stuff that they're watching. You know, it's it's no different than watching anything else. It's no different than having a Netflix account or having a Hulu exactly. account, or you know, you can exactly. create kids stuff for that. But like in the adult stuff, you can get more adult stuff. And um, is Terminator on Disney? No, Terminator's not on Disney Plus, is it? But as I missed that, I mean, dude, if it is, I'm gonna watch that. Today. I'm gonna go check that if it is, man. Love Terminator, at least the first two. Well, the first two Terminator movies. Second one is the best one. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. If you if you don't believe that, you're just wrong. Um, just incorrect. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like that's coming, and people are kind of like mad about that and stuff. But I, I what cable? You have never, never seen, seen Terminator? Terminator, any of them? All right, you got to watch the first two, and then forget all of the other ones. Yes, one hundred percent. Watch the first one just to get context for the second one, and then watch the second one because it's amazing. And then I will say, there's no more after that. I will say, as much as I dislike all the other ones, I will say there are slight redeeming qualities in Terminator Genesis. I don't mind that one, but all the other ones are just utter trash, in my opinion. Did you wish the same Terminator Genesis that I did? Yeah, dude, I actually enjoyed it. A little bit. I mean, I'd probably give it like a 6 out of 10, still. Maybe a 5.5, but there are some redeeming qualities to it. Okay, we have to agree to disagree on that one, 100%. That was an awful movie. It was way better than Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Oh, yeah, Terminator I Salvation. It's not that bad either with Christian Bale. Terminator Salvation isn't that bad. The problem is that you kind of have to forget that it's a Terminator movie almost because it's not your typical Terminator movie. It's more like a kind war. Kind of removed from the... It's a, it's a war movie. It's like an apocalypse yeah. war movie. Um, and I think that's why that one didn't go over well. The, the yeah. only one that I kind of consider after 2 that had a potential for me was the, the most recent one, Dark Fate. It had an interesting... Oh yeah, that one was not that bad. It had an interesting idea, it just didn't pull it off. Like, the whole per perspective, and spoilers for this if you've not seen it. Like, as they bring back Sarah Connor, they bring in, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator, but, like, literally they kill John Connor, like, in the opening scene of it. Yeah. And, like, and this whole other stuff kicks off, and it takes it in a whole route you're not expecting. It had the potential to be interesting. Hi, hey, redeeming that first there. Thank you so much. Hi, nice. hey. 
first in the chat. I think like a lot of the fact that people find that like so late in stream. Like I think Seal redeemed it on Friday, like an hour and a half into stream. It's he been like first. thirty minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like it's there's there's there was potential in it, but yeah, the only ones worth watching are the first two. Did I not really think like did not think we'd be getting a Terminator rant this morning, but that's well, how this show goes half the time. The more that I think about Terminator Salvation, the more I remember the more I remember liking it. And I think Terminator Salvation, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the one that ended up, again, spoilers, with him in the factory trying to destroy Cybernet in the factory, yeah. right? And he comes across the the prime, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger CGI yeah. Terminator. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was sweet. That I, was had, sweet. I had done that. Uh, okay, you got to go take out the trash. No worries, I hey, thank you so much for the that's lark. The I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it, ended like that. it had great potential. It's like I think that one was marred a lot as well, though, because like it will forever be remembered as the movie that Christian Bale went off on oh, a right, light sky. Just, just went mental. Like I and I know he tried to redeem himself with interviews after that, but when that got dropped, like that's forever going to be remembered as that movie that he went yeah, off on yeah. a light sky. He and, like, lost it. He just ripped him marbles. a new one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think. But yeah, you know, Terminator so, rant aside, I don't think there's any other kind of major news. There was that. You're not missing, yeah. You're not um, the only other major news was we got a kind of teaser dropped with a release date for the new Umbrella Academy season three. Oh, uh, dropped. Uh, it literally dropped like an hour or two ago. It's literally just oh. out. I literally just caught it before I came on because I was on social media. Um, and season three is going to be dropping. I think it's June twenty second. They said so. In a couple of months, season three of Umbrella Academy is going to be dropping. Um, if you've watched the show before, you know I'm a massive fan of the Umbrella Academy stuff. I love the comics. I love the the show. Uh, I think I was actually planning Umbrella Academy as one of our indie comic book clubs for this year if we can um, time it yeah. properly because it's a long standing one I've enjoyed. Yeah. Um, massive fan of the series. I think they've killed the first two seasons. It's like they were phenomenal. Excited to see where they go with season three of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hyped for this man. Like I think like awesome. when Umbrella Academy came out on Netflix, especially the first season, I think I binged it in like a day. <laughs> I still haven't finished. I think I finished because they have two seasons out, right? Yeah. So I think I've finished the first season and I'm slightly into the second season, but I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, the, I I adore the Umbrella Academy stuff. I think it's phenomenal stuff. I think the comics are. I think the show's a little bit more grounded, as weird as that is to say, with some of the stuff that happens in the show. The comics yeah. are definitely a bit more backcrap crazy of like, hey, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this is a thing, you know, it's like it definitely goes a bit more out there, which if you read any of like Gerard Way stuff, that's kind of like up his alley. He's a bit mad with that stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, the guy was inspired a lot by Grant Morrison. That kind of tells you everything you need to know about his comic writing style if you've ever read any Grant Morrison stuff. I haven't. I don't think he does Superman. He does a lot of Superman, right? He's done Superman. He's done a massive Batman run. He's done a GLA run. He done like he's he's done tons of stuff for DC. Yeah, yeah. Dude, they re they released a uh, a boys season three trailer too. Yeah, so, that's like, right. The boys season three drops. Dude, I've not had a chance looks, to see the trailer yet, but I've seen that. It looks crazy, and a lot of stuff is spoiled. I think in the trailer, so I wouldn't watch it. If... Okay, yeah. I like yeah, that's right. That's Just dropping. stay away from it. Yeah, the only major it's like thing I'm staying I staying away from uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, dude. Like, see if the ch okay, see if the chat spoils the thing I was about to tell you yesterday for that. Then that's on their head. Be it. Like, it's been all yes, over the internet. Speaking of, don't spoil anything, Doctor Strange. I'm le legitimately trying to go in fresh, as fresh as I can. He legit did know. not watch the last trailer. We literally had a conversation about this yesterday. Like, he has not watched the recent <laughs> you were, trailer. You, were, you wanted to spoil it. I knew. I could see your face. Because I want to talk to you about it. This, like, you're I a reviewer. To talk to you about it too. 
we review this stuff. We can't just avoid stuff when it comes out on the internet and go like, I don't want to see it before the movie. Like, that's literally our job. That's literally what we do is talk about this stuff. I'm not. I'm not going to do that with everything. Just, just this, just this one. Okay, I, no. I, I know how. how no, because you did this. Spider-Man. You did this with Spider-Man as well. And like, if you start doing this with every Marvel movie, you're going to do this with like practically every movie we cover. Most of the movies we cover are Marvel. No, it's just these. It's just these because going I, into, don't going into you. Spider- <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Spider-Man: No Way Home. Like having some of those reveals not be known going in was amazing in the theater. It was oh yeah, for no, absolutely, and it's like, but look, like, I don't get how you've missed this. It's literally been everywhere. I know you've muted stuff on Twitter, but dude, even I, still, dude, I'm telling you, I muted everything, everything that has to do with anything that could possibly touch Doctor Strange. I muted. I could just spoil it so easily right now, but I'm not going. I'm going to try and be a good friend. I know I could be a jackass, but I'm going to try and be a good friend in this moment. But. Um, but yeah, so I think that's it. There's not really any other major stuff. It's not been a big news week actually, which I'm fine with. My week, my week yeah. has been crazy hectic. Dude. Like I, I, we've been absolute craziness. Yeah, like, you guys have been all over the place. Jay busted her back. We had to take her to the urgent care and stuff like that, and she had to go to the doctor to be seen for her back and stuff. She's finally feeling better, thankfully. Good. Uh, we had to set up like flooring to come in to do our floors on the upper floor, and then like the Lowe's delivered our flooring. Yeah. without the floor they delivered the underlay and the side parts and then we had to call them and say like, eh, we're meant to have like 25 boxes of like laminate flooring where is it couldn't find it Jay ended up having to go up there and had to talk to them herself and go like that like oh where, where the hell's our flooring and then they yeah. were missing a couple of boxes of it and then it finally got delivered but of course by the time it got delivered we'd already rescheduled like the guys to come out and put the flooring in because like it was the day before the flooring was getting delivered so they haven't you haven't gotten installed so yet. we've got the flooring we just the installers are coming on the 21st now so it's nice. so like it's be nice. not Dude, that's gonna be awesome no this week that's next be... week so yeah yeah, yeah so it's gonna that's be gonna laminate be awesome, so like yeah. my streamlooms gonna have like laminate all over it which is gonna Heck be yeah. so nice to like just move <laughs> yeah. about and i'm, I'm excited for that um but yeah we have but they do, dude. Yeah, and then, of course, if you've seen on social media, I did post the pictures on social media. We had an amazing date day yesterday. I took Nitro out for a date. Um, you know. It was we a mandate. Yep. Yeah, absolute mandate. A, a, a couple a couple women. A couple of women, t- along couple of women tagged along with it, you know. But it was um, just mainly for uh, Mr. Cross on it. Mainly for us. I mean, like, we literally said that to each other. Like, it's so weird seeing each other in person yesterday. Dude, it was. It was crazy like, awkward. We literally do not see each other in person that like, much. Legitimately, legitimately, over the past year, I may have seen an hour of you in mm. person maybe 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 like because i think even like going to the cinema we've never even like going to see movies we've never even been able to sync up as frequently as we used to do we did go to the movie maybe once last year together but like all right let's say five hours total all last year maybe, yeah something basically. like that because yeah because like we went to see spider-man separately we went to see the batman separately uh, we've not really hung out like this is how we talk to each other it's like we're literally like we message each other through the week but we talk here on the show yeah and it's like so yeah seeing each other in person yesterday was absolutely insane to be completely honest uh, we got to go we did a double day took the ladies out for a nice day and we actually went to a, an escape room that's local near yeah. us and yeah, we it. it was we such a blast it was called dominated the, it. it was called the magic lamp and basically the setup for it was you have an hour in the escape room and it was um, a genie um, has the grant up to a thousand wishes 
mm -hmm. uh, within 500 years. If they do not do this, then they get another 500 years put onto their time in the lamp. Um, yeah. So this genie had granted a thousand wishes, but had lost the details of the last one, like the proof of the last wish, and there was like an hour left of his like 500 years. Yeah. So we've got down to the last hour of the wire to basically solve the clues in the room and find and work out what the last wish was. And we managed to pull it off like with three minutes, three minutes left of the hour. We managed to pull it like, off. There was like chests with combination locks on them and puzzles. Oh yeah, there was, like, there was chests with number locks and with uh, word locks. There was words and stuff around. Like you had to look around for clues to open. Like there was a picture lock and you had to look at dangling clues to find the right one. I felt one. like it was really appropriate us going into um, talking about Batman with the Riddler. It felt, it felt, it felt like that. It was just utter proof of like why I would hate to face the Riddler because I hate <laughs> riddles. I just can never yeah. work them out. I suck at that sort of stuff. Um, but like there was pictures with like buttons to press and you had to look around the different rooms for different numbers clues and like there was slides and tunnels and all this other stuff and the slide was sweet the slide was really fun um but yeah it was a whole blast let me throw it up on the screen for those that are yeah, watching fun, um we got to take a victory picture of us that was the tree in the center of the room with like all the wishes hanging from it and um, so that was us and our lovely wives with of course Jay who you know as well and then that's Mrs. Nitro who I don't think we've seen on screens since we've like seen there once in the twelve hour stream last year. Was yeah I was gonna say I don't think we've seen her since the twelve hour stream. I think that was literally the last time. Um but that's us in our victory there. That's us um celebrating. It was a lot of fun. Um pull us back up. Yeah, that was a lot of fun man. That was a blast and we got to go and just hang out, have lunch, just chill out and it was a really cool day just to relax. Also as well in that picture as today if I can point out sporting the new comics the cross merchandise which and is... I, I i i gave cross a hard time i'm like dude we're about to go into spring why would you order a hoodie and i don't know i mean where we are on the east coast it snowed like three inches yesterday mm -hmm. so that was fun yeah was literally fun. woke up yesterday <laughs> to not bad weather to turning into like torrential downpour to turning into snow by the time we left, and then by the time we came out of the freaking like escape room and went to go and have lunch, it was like already laying like a few inches yeah. deep, and I'm like, "This is insane." And I'm like, and "You have the cheek to say it, be like, oh, so what's the point in buying a hoodie? Like, you're never going to, you're not going to use it until like you know end of the year when we get back into the cold weather, like literally snowfall, freezing temperatures, yeah. like, like the I'm, day after you got it." I know it was perfect timing. Um, Thanks God. But massive shout out to our merch line stream elements is our new merch store and this merch is sweet by the way. Like I wasn't I was not expecting stuff to be this good quality made and um, based upon our last store that we used. We were using um Teespring before. And I saw it in person and it is like a lot of times when, when merch stores will blow up the logos and stuff like that, it gets super grainy, super pixelated and it looks crystal Clear. Yeah, the logo really looks. Crisp. I mean, the logo looks phenomenal on this. And the it looks quality is really, really good. good on the sweatshirt too. It's like it's well worth. I was touching checking. Cross's arm a lot yesterday. Yeah, he couldn't help himself. So, you know. I know I couldn't. Whether, I couldn't whether or not, whether or not I had the hoodie on or not, he was just doing it. it was <laughs> kind of weird when the rice were sitting there, but you know. It's, I know, right? It's what I just it is. did it when they couldn't see it. Um, but yeah, so the links up there in the chat. If you want to go and check out the merch for yourself, we have got hoodies up there like this one. We also have short sleeve, long sleeve T-shirts. We have women's tees. Um, we also have um, computer gaming pads, gaming mouse pads up there as well now. Um, so go and check them out for yourself. And we are super excited. We're going to be having some new merch coming to the store as well. Um, really exciting pieces coming to the store that I cannot wait for. It's going to be absolutely awesome, man. 
Yeah, man. Let me get one of the mugs. It's like that's one of the things I don't have yet. But I yeah, we got it. some really cool ideas for merch coming up, man. It's gonna be awesome. So yeah, it's gonna be awesome, guys. So definitely check out our merch store if you want to pick up some of the comics in the cross merchandise. Show your loyalty and love to the comic clan. Um, and then I think the only major thing just to point out as well to say to you because I posted it online yesterday is absolutely shocked. We are literally like eight followers away from six hundred followers. That's crazy, man. You me- I remember when we were shooting for a hundred. Yeah, I remember when we first started off and we were like, oh man, imagine if we had a hundred followers, that'd be so cool. And yeah. you guys just kept showing up and kept dropping follows, kept hanging out with us, least. and I appreciate it so much for all you. Yeah, just we doing really that. appreciate it. This is it's awesome. Like, this it's is absolutely really cool. phenomenal, and it's like we've met some really awesome people, man. Um, yeah this. we have met so many amazing people through actually doing this and doing comics in the cross like we've got a phenomenal community i absolutely adore all you and guys we've been doing and... this for two years man two i know years. two years man that's crazy that's crazy to think of like two years it started from a conversation it started from a from an idea that you had and then a conversation that we had in the middle of a hallway a yeah yeah literally we just had a conversation and from there it just kind of blew up and took off and we wanted to create a place for people to come and just chat comics and hang out and apparently a bunch of people wanted to come hang out with us and it's pretty phenomenal you know yeah this is awesome and um, so yeah so massive shout out to all of you thank you for everyone who has dropped us follows who's dropped us subs who's bought our merchandise who's followed us on social media and subscribed in youtube and all the stuff and just everywhere that you guys have came out and supported us thank you so much we greatly appreciate it really do and uh, i just want to take the chance to shout that out this morning with us being at where we are you know it's like 600 that's nuts we're so close i know that's absolutely nuts um all right we don't really have much news and we've rambled for quite long enough so we are going to go talking about the batman we're finally getting it for while that you're hanging out with us to hear our Let's thoughts and opinions and talk about it um, so for anyone who has not seen it, this is that spoiler warning, last spoiler warning, we're going into full conversation here, full blown spoilers for the Batman. Three, two, one, Batman dies. Alright, let's go. Let's go yep. from there. Yes, let's kick it off from there, that's it man. <laughs> but alright, so initial thoughts of the movie, before we delve into the details, what were your thoughts going into this? What were your thoughts right. when you seen the trailers for this? Have you watched the trailers? Because apparently you don't watch trailers. <laughs> I um, did watch the trailers for Batman because I don't then, care about DC. I'm just joking. That was mean. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's okay. We don't care about DC movies. Like, of course not. They don't. Uh, I know. Just... They don't either. So why should I? <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. So, all right. So, I did watch all the trailers. I watched all the TV spots for this. Uh, I love Batman. He's probably one of my favorite comic book characters. He was the one. He was one of the one. One of the few that I grew up with. Spider-Man. Ghost Rider, Spawn, Batman, those are my core that I grew up with. Um, and I went in, obviously it, the re, the review embargo released several days before the movie. Mm-hmm. So you had everybody saying, this is the greatest comic book movie I've ever seen. And when, whenever I see that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. But I saw that a lot. Like consistently constantly i saw it a lot and like this is the best batman movie this is the best comic book movie this is phenomenal it's going to be groundbreaking blah 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 blah. so for me it was really hard going into the movie with low expectations oh yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean like i don't think i seen a single review that was like wasn't like a nine or a ten out of ten i know i know it was it was nuts and I want to like Batman movies. I, I'm a fan. Like I, My first introduction to Batman was 1989, Michael Keaton, Batman. That was my intro to Batman. And then the comics 
So I love Batman. I've always liked Batman ever since I was little. I went in really, really high expectations, and I'm going to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed when I left. Now, that being said, you and I have talked about this a lot <laughs> ad nauseum. That being said, I did not not like the movie. I thought it was a good movie. And I remember saying this to you the night I got home. I said I'd probably give it a seven, seven and a half out of out of ten. And I would say it's in my top, middle top of Batman movies. Because for me, and I'll say I'll even say this, it's better than a good chunk of MCU movies. Mm. But yeah. I don't think it's anywhere close to being the best Batman movie. Oh no. I think no. I think the Dark Knight takes the cake by miles. And I even think Batman Begins is better. It might be number three for me, because it's it's really good. It just wasn't as good as I as I had hoped and thought it was going to be when I went in. Just be, I guess just because of my expectations. Um, but yeah, so that, that like just overall thoughts. I really like the movie. I like how they did a lot of things that they've never done in a Batman movie. Um, a lot of the action scenes were just phenomenal. Um, and I I know you and I talked about this specifically, but I really really liked the opening to the movie. I thought it set the movie and it hooked you to the movie immediately within the first 15 minutes. So yeah. I liked it. Uh, for me, well, I'll rate it at the end of the stream. Yeah, yeah, we'll me, rate, I really we'll rate liked it. Off. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I had some issues with it, obviously, but I really liked it. Yeah. See, I think I'm kind of in between. I think I'm in between where you are. I think I definitely enjoyed it more than you, at least from the conversations we've had. But I definitely don't put it as high as everyone else by no means is this the best comic book movie ever no not even no. close not like, even li close. like literally like i can literally point out last comic book movie i watched before the spider-man no way home like a few months ago yeah phenomenally exactly. better yeah and i definitely don't think it's the best batman movie don't get me wrong i by no means look at the dark knight as a perfect movie there's definitely some things in that i can look at especially like was it 10 years on i can look at that and go like that yeah there's definitely some things that aren't quite but i would easily rank dark knight as like a a nine it's definitely up there mm. i would probably put the batman at about an eight or an 8.5 okay it's it's so up we're there. not that far off yeah we're not, we're not that far because like, that's the thing because like seven or eight sounds low compared to what everyone else is saying but judging it in the case of like if i'm saying like well dark knight isn't perfect i would put it as about a nine because mm -hmm. it is a phenomenal movie yeah. and it definitely wasn't up there but it wasn't at that level but the Batman was like for me is definitely a number two it's right below it Yeah, I definitely thoroughly enjoyed this there was I was nervous coming into this mm -hmm. partially I was nervous because a little bit of Robert Pattinson because I wasn't sure how he was going to uh, Cable was saying I'd say 8 to 8.5 as well for the Batman yeah it's like I mean it's like, it wasn't the best ever but it was still really good yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I was that. I was nervous at Pattinson coming into this role. I didn't know how he was yeah, going to do. I didn't do. think he had the size or the chops to. Um, and I'll be honest, like, Batman. I'll be honest. A part of that is because I've not seen a lot of his movies. Like, I I, I know him as the kid for Twilight. Like, I that's 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 where I see his face from. I've seen a couple of things. I think the only thing I've seen with him really in it since then. Like I've still to even watch Tenet. I never got a chance to even sit down and watch that. Life has been so crazy. I know I can. I've got the streaming service that's on, but I've yeah, just yeah. not had a chance to watch it. Uh, I think it was like the Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. Yeah, dude. Which is so, like, yeah. Which is a bat crap. It's a crazy weird movie. movie watching, it, especially with the phenomenal. two of them. It's just the two of them, and he's phenomenal in it. He's phenomenal. He is an amazing. 
Yep, the yeah. Kibo said earlier, the lighthouse, yeah. he and Willem Dafoe and Patterson holds his own. Absolutely, Kibo. The two of them are phenomenal. Two amazing well, actors playing he's off great, each other. Like you said in Tenet, too. Uh, he's, he's really good in that. Yeah, so I was like, so I, I'd heard people saying how good he was now, and I'm like, okay, that gives me some hope. But there's a different level when it comes to pulling off a character like Batman, who is not just a superhero, not just like the most popular superhero in the world, but like a pop culture icon. Everyone yeah. knows who Batman is. Everyone knows Batman's story. And then the trailers dropped, and I was like, I didn't know how I felt. Like, the Batsuit, I wasn't completely sold on. I always felt the cowl yeah. looked weird. I've said this plenty yeah. of times. The cowl looks a bit dodgy. Yeah. I will be honest, it won me over. As it the movie went the on, movie. I got really into it. What did you? I, I need to know what your opinion was on the uh, Batmobile, because I know you weren't a fan at all. I wasn't a fan when I first seen it, but getting into the movie and realizing what stage of Batman's life he was at, it, it makes works. sense. Yeah, it works, it works right? because yeah. it's like it's set in the year two of him being Batman. It makes sense that he doesn't have like a full blown Batmobile. He's not a seasoned pro yet. He's obviously he's just got a jacked up muscle car, and I'm like, that makes sense for what he can do with it. It makes sense. Like you, you don't see, need more bells and whistles than that. A lot of the issues that I had with the movie, I think, might be due to the fact that I was missing a little context about where we were in the Batman journey. Like, you know, I didn't know, like, I don't know what his relationship with Commissioner Gordon is. Like, I don't yeah. know how he's portrayed, what the what the, what the public perceives Bruce Wayne as. Like, I, I felt like a lot of that, in my opinion, was missing. But I, to your point that you told me, like, you and I have had conversations, that's the purpose of the movie. Like, he's, it's not, that's not the focus of the movie. The focus is his obsession for, for being Batman. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, I had to know where he was. I had to know, like, just knowing that this isn't like it isn't a seasoned Batman, because that's that's the thing. It actually makes more sense like this. Because if you take something like Batman Begins, like the other origin movie, because like there's not really been another Batman origin movie. We've seen his parents die. We've seen him in that. But then it always cuts to, and here's an established Batman that can do all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Even in Batman Begins, it was like all of a sudden, like he can do all this stuff and has all these gadgets, and he's just, oh, I'm going to do this stuff now. This was a Batman who's at the very beginning, who is still processing it. Yeah. So the way the Batmobile looked, the style of the costume, like even Cable saying that, like the cowl looks dodgy, but it's only year two, so it kind of works. Yeah. You know, like his relationship, like a lot of people don't believe he exists, or like he shows up in that group of gang at the very start of the movie. Yeah. They don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. you see some people running scared for the bat cycle but there's others like who the hell are you yeah like you know i mean he's not established jim gordon kind of knows him and brings him into the mm-hmm. crime scene at the very beginning mm-hmm. but like there's there's not that established relationship yet could we say jeffrey wright killed it as gordon he was I, w- I was really killed unsure it. when it started I was watching him like the very beginning of it, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know how I'm going to yeah. like him as Gordon." I was like, I wasn't quite feeling it right off the bat, but very quickly, like as he started Dude, he, to roll with it, I'm like, it. It "He's so good, phenomenal. Yeah. He was such a good commissioner, Gordon." I'm such don't, a fan of Gary Oldman as Gordon. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I love Gary Oldman as Gordon, so I'm like, I I can't say Jeffrey Wright's my favorite, but he was definitely yeah. a great casting. Same yeah, with like I, I a lot like, of the casting was phenomenal for this, though. I, I feel like Gary Oldman brings that fire that Jim Gordon had, like in the animated yeah. series and in the films. Like Jim Gordon will bust your head open. But I felt like Jeffrey Wright brought a, the softer side, the more like almost like a fatherly side. I don't know. That sounds really weird. Well, um, yeah, because like, like a he's just because he's just a detective at that point. He's still just a detective. Yeah. He's trying to do the right thing. He's yeah. He's playing like at the very beginning with the Batman. It's like, do I trust this guy? Is this guy worthwhile trusting? I'm putting my career on the line for this dude. 
Um, it's like, but this this has definitely got some phenomenal stuff to it. Oh, sorry, I'm just trying to yeah. catch chat here. Raven Knight saying Patterson prepared for his role as a broody and depressed Batman by being known as a Twilight guy for 14 years. Yeah, that made me broody and depressed as well, to be completely honest. But <laughs> uh, Kibo saying Gary Oldman just looked so much like Jim too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. You look at Commissioner Gordon in those movies, and it's like it's it's Jim Gordon. Gary Oldman yeah. looks what I would imagine Jim Gordon. He looks like he's been lifted right out of the animated series. You know, I'll, like be, I'll look, be honest. I wasn't mad at J.K. Simmons uh, as as Jim Gordon either. No, that was a personally. pretty decent cast. I just yeah. I feel I feel bad for him that we didn't get to see him a lot. Apparently, we're going to get to see him with the Batgirl movie, and they're bringing him back for that. Apparently, it's like, but like we've yeah. literally not had a chance to even see him, and they're also yeah. it's kind of sad. But at the same time, I'm like, I, him as Jim Gordon, or I just stick to being freaking J. Jonah Jameson. Like, that's who you yeah. are, man. That's who you Isn't are. Isn't sweet though? He played J. Jonah Jameson. I am so hyped. So sweet. It's <laughs> like, so sweet. I just all never get over the fact that he came back. That's like geek royalty. He's, yeah, he's geek oh royalty yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, do want to mention that as well? He's played both of them, and then of course he's played a superhero himself. He played Omni Man. Oh yeah, that's and right. Invincible. So I'm like, yeah, you're. Well, and he's played J. Jonas Jameson in multiple universes. Even. Yeah, like that's crazy. Like it's it's insane. Like the dudes, there is phenomenal. But I will say, yeah. so an, another good thing that I wanted to point out with this, I know we're talking about Pattinson a lot. I would, I think that thing that i was worried about the most well let's get into was... that let's transition because we're talking kind of yeah, yeah. things so let's start transitioning into talking about um or casting for it like what we thought of the casting yeah, yeah. of people in the roles so we talked a little bit about um jeffrey wright so let's also delve into some of the other casting and stuff because we're kind of yeah, going yeah. that let's, direction let's let's pop over to uh pattinson so i think mm. one of the main concerns that i had was he's not really known for being like just this aggressive <laughs> you know the type a type person you know yeah. he's meant to be like this he's always been portrayed as this passive maybe quirky type type of character and i was concerned that he wasn't going to be able to fill the shoes of batman like batman just needs to be like ruthless yeah and within the first 15 minutes i was uh, <laughs> that opening was scene because he beat the bejesus out of just an entire group of thugs that opening scene with that group <laughs> of thugs was brutal man Dude, it was like... awesome it i was like awesome, but... So yep, he's got it. He's good. Yeah, he was unexpectedly intimidating and but savage, yeah. and I appreciated it. I wasn't sure how I was going to take him as Batman, but as the movie went on, I felt like he really enc- like. By the end of the movie, I was looking at him in the bat suit. Yeah, and I'm like, that's Batman. Can yeah. I can I just say as well? By the way, I don't say this often about men taking on the leading roles, but that man has a magnificent jawline. He does. That jawline and the cowl, like it was personally. Dang, that looked amazing. He looked good in the bat suit. He looked awesome. He portrayed the role. I love the fact he has a Batman voice without doing the Christian Bale Batman voice. And I know we talked about this too. We've talked a lot about this stuff. But my one of the things that I really, really liked about um, Ben Affleck's Batman was I thought the modulated voice thing and his cowl was genius. Mm -hmm. It was genius. Because it, it was a way to make him more intimidating without making him sound dumb like Christian Bale in The Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Like, that yeah. was just can dumb. I, can I just, like, give praise as well to Robert Pattinson for his? Because he doesn't have a modulator in this, like, athlete. That he, this was just his voice. But yet, when he played just as Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. his voice sounded completely different to when he was in the Batsuit. Mm-hmm. But yet, they both sounded natural. Yeah, it didn't sound like he was putting out a fox in it. He had to go take his medicine. It's like it's in my hockey pants. It's like it sounded like a normal voice. 
Yeah. Like literally, you could listen to them both side by side and not realize it's the same person. Like it, he made it sound so natural, and I absolutely adored it. Like I, I was won over by his Batman. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think one of the all right. So leading into this, so I guess kind of one of the issues that I had with the movie, um, kind of had to do with Pattinson as well, but not necessarily as much as him, as much as just how they portray the character of Batman slash Bruce Wayne. So like when I come into a Batman movie, I want to see I want to see both sides of the coin because for me, being able to see the Bruce Wayne side of of, of Batman, which is that's his mask, right? Bruce Wayne is his mask. That <laughs> yeah, we've we've of, talked about that in the show plenty of times. Yeah, like Batman's has, Batman. Batman is who he is, and just Bruce like Wayne's Superman, the fake. Yeah, just like Superman is Superman, Clark Kent is his disguise, right? It's see, that's what I would actually, that's what I would actually argue, and that's what makes them different. That's that's what I would argue on is that the Batman is actually who he is. Bruce Wayne died in this the alley with his parents. He is Batman, whereas Superman is the persona he puts on. But deep down, he is actually Clark Kent. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like that's what I would say. Like deep down, he was raised by the Kents. He is Clark Kent. He just happens to be super. Whereas like Bruce is Batman. He yeah. doesn't function like a normal person anymore. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Um, and that's what I would say for that. And it's like. See, this, I think this is where you and I disagree as well in terms of like the portrayal of Bruce Wayne in this, because this portrayal of Bruce Wayne for year two of him being Batman, his parents have been dead for twenty years. Yeah, he's been Batman for two. This version of Bruce makes perfect sense. Yeah, and the reason I believe that is because Batman is driven by the death of his parents. That's the thing that has driven him forever. He has never processed it. He has never dealt with it. He has never gotten over it. And that is the driving force behind him. That's why he is not a normal person. That is why he can't function like a normal person. And we see that um, juxtaposed with, um, at least in the comics, because the movies have sucked at it, uh, with like Nightwing. Yeah. It's because Nightwing was on the path to become the very next version of Batman, except Bruce helped him get over the death of his parents and over that loss and yeah. work through that so that yeah. he actually became a normal everyday person that's able to you know have social skills and talk to people whereas like bruce has forever been in this foreboding stage there's other stuff he can add himself to mm-hmm. but i think robert pattinson's bruce wayne very much showed that yeah you see i don't i don't know if i two years had be, an issue. two years into being batman he's like driven by nothing yeah. but it like I mean like literally we see it in the opening scenes like he comes home to the Batcave and literally the first thing he does is take out his contacts where he's recorded everything yeah. and starts watching it on playback and taking yeah. notes like that and in my head I'm like that is actually very Batman because Batman does not switch off he can't come home and just relax he can't come home and just put his feet up it's like yeah. no this is what he does he yeah. lives eats and breathes this stuff he is incapable of not it's like an obsession and it's like that. I think this version of it because usually in other versions we've seen it balanced mm-hmm. with other stuff because he's more established so he's balanced oh I still have to be Bruce Wayne I still have to pretend yeah. I'm running a company and actually give a toss about all of that yeah. stuff whereas yeah. this one was like he literally even says it to Alfred which shout out to Andy Serkis as Alfred by the way phenomenal Amazing. casting is that as well he says it to him like I, he's like you, you got this business meeting it's like why are they coming here like because i can't get you to go to the office yeah so they're going to come here for the beating and he's like he literally tells him i don't care and yeah. even the even the fact of like he says to him at one point like he's trying to like alfred's trying to help and encourage him and he's like you're not my father yeah. it sounded like such a kid but that's the point he yeah. mentally he still is a kid that has never gotten over his parents death 
So yeah. he's still processing that, and to a certain extent, will never process through it. So yeah, I, I mean, think they encapsulated that. I think when we start to see him mature, that will change. Yeah. But for this stage, I think it got the nail on the head. At least that's my perspective on it. Yeah, I mean that what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and I like gives me a new like a new lens to look at it now. But like even so, I don't know if I necessarily had an issue with how Bruce Wayne was portrayed. Mm. I just wanted to see more of it. Yeah, I don't know if that made sense. Like, I, I know. Yeah, I can, I can get that. I can get that. I know yeah. it's a Batman movie, and the, the the movie is a Batman movie. Like, it oh, is Batman. Yeah. Like, he's Batman like ninety percent of the time. Oh yeah, he it, barely takes that cowl off. He's he's yeah, in that suit the whole time. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't mind seeing the obsessed Batman. I love that. I I don't mind seeing the not being able to turn it off. I love that. But show me more of the other side. Like, show me more of, like, his obsession outside of the cowl. Mm. Like, I want more interaction okay, between, okay. between him and Alfred. I want more, like, Batcave stuff. I want more, like... Yeah, I get you, I get you. How the public perceives Bruce while he's in that, like... You want, you, you want more him processing and dealing with stuff in the Batcave instead of just standing on that rooftop where the bat signal is for, like, five different scenes throughout the and movie? That's another issue that I had. <laughs> He literally just walked around half the movie just staring at stuff, which I get. He was recording I do, I do. context, but I'm like, come on, man. I did have to kind of laugh, to be honest, at one point. They go like that. I was like, well, where should we meet? And in my head, before it even cut scene, I like they're going to that rooftop because that's the only place he goes in the whole movie. Is that freaking rooftop where the bat signal is? But, like, I wanted to see more, like, again, he doesn't... I don't need him to be this, like, multi-billionaire running a company, like, ha, 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 like Christian Bale was in Dark Knight or, you know... And yeah. that type of stuff. I don't need that. But I want to see. I want to see what the public sees. Like, put me in the public shoes. How they perceive Bruce Wayne in this. See, in that this makes mental, sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That. That's like I know I said this to you, but that to me, that's like seeing a James Bond movie without Q in it. But see that, like that, that helps kind of give my perspective on where you're coming from because it was just like yeah. we need that Bruce Wayne side of things. So like, but the Bruce Wayne we got makes sense though, and it's like, but that makes sense. You're saying you just wanted to see more of it. Yeah. 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 I'm like okay, that I didn't totally get that perspective when you'd mentioned it before, but that makes sense. That because because like you said, like the, the entire point of the movie was he is obsessed. Like nothing's gonna turn that off. He is single focused. Yeah. So like he does have to be public at some points. Like yeah. I want to see that facade. I want to see what what that facade looks like that yeah. he has to put on. And that and makes sense. a little bit of that at like the at the funeral. Part, I think we'll get to I see more of that it. in later movies because like I think the driving force in this a lot was the fact of he didn't care about anything else he was so obsessed with this yeah and like but we did like you said we did get to see him driven out and be he was batman like if you want yeah. to see batman he is like every time he's on screen he's in that costume yeah like i think there's like three or four scenes that i can think of where he's massively not like stuff where he goes to the iceberg lounge at one point and when he uh, goes to like the hospital bed to stuff with alfred and he goes to like all this stuff like there's scenes where he's not like but they yeah. are so few and far between <laughs> Dude, can I talk about the one scene where he just walks up into the club in full Batman attire? Yeah, oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 so sweet. we'll get to that stuff. We'll get to that stuff. Let's, let's keep going with the casting because we've done those yeah, two. Yeah. Those are major. We've got some major. Let's, okay, let's start talking kind of villains as well for us because I want to talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to some of the others later, but I want to talk about Paul Dano yeah. um, as the Riddler because like he's the big bad for this one. He's the, the big, big bad for this. He's an old... If you've seen the trailers, you've seen it. The yeah. Riddler played very much like a Zodiac Killer esque nut job, yeah. As opposed to your typical kind of suave trying to talk and I'm cool Not and impressive three Riddler. Villain on film for Batman for me. Yeah, if Paul... number two, very very close number three. 
I really like this interpretation of Riddler. Yeah. I um, It's very different from the usual Riddler mm-hmm. that we've come to know. But it works. But I don't think the regular Riddler is that interesting of a villain. No. Because, like, apart from, like, leaving clues and leaving puzzles, it's like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I set this thing up and you have to solve this riddle to get it. And I'm like, Why? like, even, like, if you ever watch me play the Arkham games, like, on Tuesday nights, like, I am not in any way trying to do the riddler stuff in those games. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I do not care. I don't... Solve these riddles and find these trophies. No. Nope. Go away. I'm good. <laughs> I'm sorry you're bored, but leave me alone. I'm actually trying to do stuff here. It's like, <laughs> but this version of Riddler felt like a threat. He was he scary. Was, he was an absolute psychopath. Yeah. That opening scene that you talked about, at first, I'm not going to lie, at first when that first scene opened up, I started to feel like it might have started dragging a little too long, like the binocular scene. Yeah. Because we were watching through binoculars this family and he held on those binoculars through the camera for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was at least a good few minutes of just looking through them, and I was like, okay, I get it. He's watching his family do something else. That, like, yeah. You could literally cut a minute of that out, and we wouldn't have yeah. lost the effect. Yeah. But see that scene, like, he's watching, like, the, the polls and stuff like that, and what's happening, and he's talking to someone about his, you know, his numbers and stuff, and blah, 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 all the usual political stuff that we don't actually care about. Yeah. Um, See when he's on the phone and he just like starts walking to the right and all of a sudden Riddler's there like you legitimately did not see him behind him, yeah. But you know he's been standing there the whole time, yeah. And he walks off and he keeps walking back and forth talking and Riddler just doesn't move, yeah. And he's just the guy watching know him. He's there. You just see his his glasses are like. And like, then out of nowhere, ah, boom! He smacks yeah. him like he goes from like calm silent watching to like psychopath smacking the crap out of him and then it's like and then like tapes his head up and writes no more lies on it like duct tapes him and like it's like oh my goodness like yeah we're getting like a proper like slasher horror villain here like oh my goodness yeah he was really intimidating and he was really scary i really liked it like i said he's probably the Top two or three villain for me in all the Batman movies. Oh yeah, Raven Knight scene is all that scene as well at the end. Like jumping at the end because it's a phenomenal scene when he catches him. But the interrogation room, like he goes, he wants to see Batman, yeah. and Batman goes to see him. And Riddler has had this crazy thing of like their partners working together, and he keeps saying Bruce Wayne, and you're like, crap, he's worked out who he is. Holy crap, he's worked out who he is. Because there's a little hint in his apartment that he's like he might have worked it out. Yeah. And he keeps saying it, and then he says Bruce Wayne's the only one that got away of the people he tried to kill through the movie. And you're like, oh my goodness. It's like it's just it's so well played. Yeah. And I love the fact of like when they take the mask off him and we see it, we finally see his face at the end when they catch him, that he looks so unassuming. Yeah. He looks like a normal, average little nerd that yep. would work a computer desk job and not be a threat to anyone. Yeah, it's like he is so well played. He is so yeah. well done, and I'm like, it's like, bravo for that version yeah. of the Riddler. He I was thoroughly really, enjoyed really, it. Really good. Yeah, he was a really good Batman villain. Like, I love yeah, it because I, like he came across as a threat, taking out the different people and different political people. But also the riddles they set up were totally in line. They were tough riddles. They were you had to challenge 
do you have to work it out to find out the next thing and lead on to other clues and yeah you know like even when he sends the guy like what is it the da when like he crashes into the funeral with a bomb attached to him mm. and he's like i'll turn the bomb off but you have to answer riddles like he's standing there like riddling him stuff yeah yeah while the bomb's attached to him and all that like it's so well played and paul Dano yeah. does a phenomenal job of getting right. across of juxtaposing this psychopath on one side with a mask on and this mild-mannered guy you wouldn't look at twice with it off like it was yeah. phenomenal acting from paul yeah. dano perfect casting he was really good and like the, the the juxtaposition of of the opening scene because it focuses on batman and riddler and them doing their their skulking basically mm-hmm. and uh it's it's just really cool yeah, my only issue with the whole thing with the Riddler was they decided for some reason for like thirty minutes of the movie he wasn't important, or like an hour of the movie he wasn't important. Yeah, because he dropped the whole thing of like finding the rat as like the second or third clue, like Riddle that he dropped, and it was like finding the rat and bringing them into the light. Mm-hmm. And the whole stuff starts with that, and then like they literally forget Riddler exists for like yeah, an hour of the movie. Yeah. Well, they focus on Penguin because they think he's the rat, and they focus on like him um, working for Falcon and all this stuff, and like they work, they focus on all of that stuff, and then all of a sudden at the very end, like Falcon gets shot under the streetlight, yeah. and you look up and it's Riddler, and it's like, oh yeah, he was a villain in this. I forgot about him. He's been gone for so long. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's right, he exists. Um, but yeah, Paul Dano, phenomenal. Well done. All right. Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz, thoughts. I really liked Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. Yeah. I thought she played it really well. I thought it was done phenomenally. I, you, could just feel the chemistry between her and Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I do agree like, on that. The sexual tension between them as the movie built together was like that chemistry is phenomenal you know how you see certain couples that play off each other and you can just feel the chemistry like yeah they were phenomenal together one thing uh miss nitro said because i was asking her opinion uh a little earlier today because she really dug it too and i drag her to all comic movies that i see so uh (laughs) but she was like one of the things that she really appreciated about the movie was just his absolute obsession with being batman Mm -hmm. just absolute driving obsession nothing mattered and she said even even he was using Catwoman as a tool to get what yeah, he needed. Absolutely. Like at the beginning, obviously, and at the end, you know, you, you definitely see that. But even you could tell like she's super into him and he's like, That's not even on my radar right now. I'm just trying yeah. to figure out. You can but see at the very end, yeah. You can see his wall breaking down as it goes on later. Yeah. You know, and not to mention the fact that she freaking kissed him and with a kiss like that, I'm like, Yeah, I bet he started thinking about definitely <laughs> after that kiss, man. Um yeah. But yeah, phenom- but right at the beginning, like even the thing like she's looking for her friend, and he's like, "No, that's not what I'm bringing you in for. Like you're yeah. going in and you're getting me information. You're doing this." And it's like, she was phenomenally cast. She had the right level of charisma, the right level of sass, the right level of flirty sex appeal, the right level of danger that you yeah. need to mix to get what feels like a real cat woman. She felt like she was a threat in a fight, but she also felt like she was intelligent as well. But also enough that like she's not as intelligent and strong and that as Batman. Because yeah. the whole point is he is that way because he's obsessed and has done nothing but train and think and plan and all this stuff. So it's not like overly obsessive. So it's like she's yeah. on his level. But yet she's definitely an equal to him at the same time. Like as they managed to get a great connection. The yeah, only right. issue I had with her whole character 
was literally the stupid plot point of they went why is she so obsessed with this like because Falcone's my father yeah literally you could take that plot point out of the movie yeah. and nothing changes yeah. yeah like she can have the same drive to go after him because he killed my friend yeah and stuffed her in a cow trunk I, like, I would even like right, so <laughs> so Raven Knight said I think she did an amazing as Catwoman mm-hmm. I do as well like I think she was a phenomenal Catwoman I wanted to see more of her um, my wife was saying and I don't know if I disagree with her. She was saying you could take the Penguin and Catwoman out of the movie and it wouldn't really impact it that much. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I would agree with that. But I don't think the point of them was to impact the movie in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Riddler was the bad guy. Falcone was the driving behind the story that kind of worked along with it. Them being in the movie, for me, was literally as world building. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I like I like the fact of like in previous Batman movies, especially if you go back to the early ones, the Tim Burton and the Joel Schumacher ones, mm-hmm. it was like Joker, no one else. Penguin and Catwoman, no one else. Yeah. You know, Riddler and Two Face, no one else. You know, Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, like that. I like the fact that there's this world of like him following the clues to be a detective leads him to the iceberg the leads him to the iceberg lounge. And you go to the Iceberg Lounge, Penguin's there working with Falcone. Is yeah. he a massive plot point in this? No. But yeah. of course he's there. He's a gangster. He's working with the gangsters. If you start crossing that path, he's over there. Catwoman yeah. is tied up in that as well. Her friend gets caught up. Is she a major plot point? Yeah, no, kind of. She's kind of in between. Because like, she's a driving force partner for him, but also kind of not. But the whole point is to build it. Like Penguin's, Penguin's not in it to be a threat. He's in it for a little bit. Especially with the whole rat thing, especially with the phenomenal Batmobile chase scene. Oh man, that's one of the best scenes of the whole movie. <clears throat> but he's not there to be a threat. But at the same time, like if you go into the next movie, you could easily say Penguin's the new villain for this one and go, oh, yeah. okay. And you can yeah. automatically jump over like the introduction of who Penguin is because we already yeah. know who Penguin is. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know, it's, I... it's more world building to that. And I like it. I like because in comic book movies, you don't always get that that you get in comics of like, yeah. even in some of the Marvel movies, like you can question it. Maybe not so much now because there's a lot of crossover, but like even by phase two, yeah, like certain stuff happens and you go like, like, you know, if, like, Winter Soldier, for example. Phenomenal movie. Where the hell is Iron Man and Thor and Hulk when Hydra's yeah. a threat? Why are you not calling in these people that you have fought side by side with yeah. to save yeah. the world? Why are they not involved? Because they exist in this world and this is a worldwide threat and they're also being targeted. Yeah. So why are they not being called in? You know, point. it's like, but with like the Batman, that's what I like. We might not be doing like massive DC world building, but in terms of like Gotham world building, yeah, all these villains exist in Gotham, so of course you're going to come across them. Yeah. Even the hints of like, you know, it's like as as much as I really hope we don't get him in the next movie, the Joker hint at the very end, like Barry Keegan, right? Yeah, like there's a Joker like hint established there. We know Penguin exists in this world, Catwoman exists. In it. You've got like five or six like major like villains or enemies of Batman all yeah. existing at the same time because yeah. well they do. Yeah. It may not fight them all, I, but you know. I, I would have liked to see more of Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, and and the same thing with Penguin. I liked the Penguin more than I did Catwoman, although Catwoman was phenomenal. I felt like Colin Farrell just. I I could watch that it. movie a hundred times, and never be able to tell that was Colin Farrell unless they told me. I knew me. it going. Obviously, I knew it going in, but I remember just, I was staring at him on screen, and I'm like, dude, I can't see it. 
I can't mm. hear it. I can't see it. Like, I can maybe hear it occasionally. He doesn't even sound like it, him, though. Like, his face looks completely different, and then I heard his voice, and I'm like, that does not sound like him. Dude, uh, there, there's a story, though, when he got yeah. into the makeup the first time. He went to, a uh, like, a coffee shop and ordered a coffee shop as the penguin with the accent, and nobody knew. Jeffrey Wright even walked by him and didn't even know who he <laughs> That's was. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, like, it's phenomenal. And, oh, don't... Yeah, absolutely, Kibo. Like, I forgot it was Colin Farrell. And don't worry, we're going to get on to talking about the Joker tease at the end. We've, we've got some thoughts on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I forgot it was Colin Farrell. But like, that was phenomenal. Even the way they underplayed him. Because I like the fact of like it's year two. So like he's not the established mob boss yet. He's just a right-hand man. I, I like it. that he's not it. running it yet. But he's also still very informed. He's still very big up. Um, doing a lot of stuff. I love the fact that he's getting involved with... Um, and he's getting involved in all the the gun running, the drug smuggling, yes. all the different stuff. And what was the drugs drops or something that we're saying? It was like the eye drop like thing. That. Yeah. And like he's still running that business. He's still working. And then obviously Falcone dies at the end. Yeah. And so it's like okay, so Penguin's going to step up and take over that. Although that I will say that whole final scene made no sense. Penguin is literally surrounded by a bunch of cops he knows are not corrupt. Is getting mouthed out by Falcone and just decides I'm going to pull my gun on him. Why? Why wouldn't you just let them take him? Yeah. And then, like, I run this business now, this is mine. Yeah. Why would you do that like that and not just order a hit later? It was so stupid and it made no yeah, sense for him weird. to do it. But I, I totally it, spaced on that scene. Because then I remember, at the, I remember Falcon getting shot. I don't remember. I forgot he pulled his gun on him. But yeah, because they made it look like Penguin had done it and it was Batman that realized it was Riddler. But it doesn't oh, make yeah. sense because Penguin's just left and I'm like, well, no, why aren't you arresting him? He just attempted to murder him. Yeah, I know he's yeah. the one that shot and killed him, but he, him over there pulled a gun and all. He was going to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, that at least deserves to be arrested, if not, you know, like jail time, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, that was the only thing that didn't make sense, but can let's take the chance to shout out that phenomenal car chase scene. Okay. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. I And this fully showcases the new Batmobile, and this is where I was 100% sold. Because yeah. there's a scene... There's a scene where I think Penguin is just trying to get away, and you see an alley, mm -hmm. and you see the engine on the Batmobile just light up, and that you was hear it so cool. You hear it rev up, and you see the silhouette of the of Batman in the car, and you see it take off. Dude, it is so sweet. It's so I awesome. love the way they played it the whole chase as well. Like Penguin is literally running for his life to the point of he takes like the the wrong ramp onto the highway and ends up going into oncoming traffic. Yeah, and it like ends up like Batman chasing him, and like and I'm not gonna lie, like I know the scenes in the trailer, like the scene where he's like laughing and like the Batmobile comes flying through the I flames. Yeah, like that scene I know is in the trailer. But it hits so, so different when you watch the whole scene and you're like, all the stuff that he throws to try and stop him. Yeah. And then he thinks, I, I got you! I got you! I... <gasps> and his Batmobile comes flying through the flames. It T-bows him and the Penguin's car flips and then you get that upside-down shot of Batman walking towards his car with the fire behind him in the rain. It's oh, such so a cool good. shot. Oh, look, we take a note to say as well, like, that scene of, like, Penguin in that car is one of many scenes where characters in this movie should be dead, and for some reason sure. aren't. Like, not even by comic book logic, like, the, like I don't care what armour you're wearing. <laughs> and you know what scene I'm thinking of? Batman, right? The squirrel, the, the squirrel suit. <laughs> so there's a scene where, alright, so there's a scene in, 
we're not going to hit this movie plot point by plot point like we normally do. No, we are rambling at this point. We're just, so we're just rambling. It, but there's a there's a point at which Batman goes into Gotham City PD. He's talking to Commissioner, or he's not a Commissioner, Detective Gordon at the time, and he's amongst a bunch of cops, and he has to get out because they're trying to like take him in. They're trying to take Batman in, and he has to get out. And <laughs> and Gordon's like, punch me. And he's like, what? He's like, punch me. And then so Batman ends up just full in the face, fist, armor on the fist, just punching the bejesus out of Gordon. And uh, he gets out. He goes to the roof. They're shooting at him. He does his, his little battering thing and she goes to the roof. And he has, which I didn't think I was going to like at first because I saw the Funko Pop for it, but he has like a little squirrel suit. The ones But it makes sense cool, because like, I guess what? up there and he almost like it makes stops sense. at the top and it's like he doesn't have the cape yet to do the gliding he's not got all that set in place yeah it makes perfect sense but he set up to do a squirrel suit so that he can glide and I'm like okay yeah early yeah. days that makes sense so he jumps off the top of Gotham City PD and he's flying down within Gotham and you can tell he just hasn't gotten the hang of it see watching that scene I was literally sitting there going <laughs> he looks like he's going a bit fast yeah he looks like he's, he's taking up a bit of speed there and he boy did he hit everything slammed. He hit everything. A bus. He hit he everything on the bus. way down for the air. He hits the bus. He hits a sign. He crashes into trash cans. And I'm like, how he are you not? Be dead. How are you not dead? Like he yeah. hit everything. I don't care how good your armor is. I really I'm like the at later on. Um, Gordon's like, dude, why didn't you pull that punch? Like I did. It's like what? Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, like. But yeah, to the casting, so this is a phenomenal casting. This, this, yeah. this is perfect casting. Dude, the score. The music in it was phenomenal. I think, of, I, all right, legit, I know Tim Burton's Batman has an iconic Batman theme. I, oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I get that. But I think this will go down as, besides the animated series, as one of the de facto Batman themes. Just like Star Wars has its has its theme from john williams uh, superman has his theme we know that i i think i think this will go down as one i think this will go down and i think because it's weird it hits me because like see when you're first thinking of it like the music doesn't jump out at me mm-hmm. but i think it kind of does at the same time because like it immerses you so much hey as sure. literally just finished Not watching bad. it phenomenal just nice. catching this bro we just we've been talking about the casting of it so far we're just kind of getting into yeah. the the uh, music of it yeah, um, and it's like, but yeah, the music just it really helps immerse you it's into so this good. world, and it's like it's it's so well done. It's such yeah. a good job. Yeah, um, one of the things like it just as kind of like a side tangent, I think one of the things that um, Christopher Nolan does really well in his movies is the sound, the mm. sound effects, the music, and stuff like that. And this was very reminiscent of that. Yeah, like, he does. It a, was just totally immersive. Yeah, like that is something that's great about the Dark Knight movies is the sound yeah. in it is just phenomenal. Sound editing and sound and Agreed. composing is phenomenal. Um, but in the Batman, it's like yeah, it just it makes this whole compressed world. Um, it makes this whole amazing thing, and it's like it does just totally immerse you. Although just thinking of stuff that doesn't immerse me in it, that kind of threw me right off the bat. I meant to mention this when we're talking about Pattinson. Uh-huh. Does anyone else think that the opening and closing dialogues of like monologues from him? just sounds like Rorschach from Watchmen he started that opening dialogue and like all I could think all I could see was Rorschach yeah it sounded like a Rorschach monologue 
And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I'm like, I did. I, when you said that, I was like, I can see that. But I, like, I still, I really dug it though. I thought it was really cool. It was cool that he was kind of like analyzing that stuff. But like for me, that that didn't feel like Batman. It felt more like another character. And I think what was even more throwing for me is that he doesn't do it throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It's oh, literally yeah. at the start and literally at the end. Like he's telling yeah. this as a story to someone. Yeah. See if he did it, and like it was a kind of like internal monologue when he was processing stuff and thinking stuff, and it happened a yeah. few times. Fair enough, yeah. Ads mm. with the sub. Thanks for the sub. Ads bro. coming up with that sub. Months. Thank you, You're brother. I appreciate you, man. You're Fourteen months, man, dude. Legend, absolute legend. Oh, um, Scottish Jimmy, come on, <laughs> let's do it. But you know what I mean, though. It's like it's. It just it pulled me out of like if you're trying to say stuff that isn't really like Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mm-hmm. That felt like a, that felt like a guy who goes like, "This is what brooding guys do." Yeah. They, they monologue to themselves, you know. It's like, yeah. like you have expect you have expected to see him sitting in like a big chair, like just talking, and like Alfred to walk in, like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> you I think know? that's one of those things in comic book movies that you're like, "Okay, that's a little bit cheesy," but I'm like, "Dude, it's sweet." It's like <laughs> it's sweet. <laughs> it's like, I can see it. I just like, and that's the thing. Like the stuff you see was cool, and I get they were trying to be artsy with it. For me, it just didn't feel like Batman. Yeah. It just felt I a get bit. That. It felt a bit okay, but at the yeah. same time, though, it's like yeah, I can see why people might enjoy it as well. It's it's not that bad thing. It just kind of kept my mind there, so I wanted to throw it in. Yeah. So the cinematography, <laughs> the way that they shot the movie, the movie looks amazing. beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It looks yeah. so good. It's, it's so well the most shot. Of it so obviously well put is together. Night, you know, it's still yeah, it's still awesome. but it didn't feel like a bad thing. Sometimes when you get stuff at night like that, it's like it it feels very samey, or it feels like. Yeah. Do you know what I really appreciated? There was a lot of shots that were taken, especially when they're talking up at the bat signal and stuff. I know exactly what you're going to say. There are a lot of shots that are like uh, sunrise and sunset. Yes. You're getting just just not like bright daylight, but just a little bit of light coming in. And just that changes the tone. There was a lot of silhouetting. Because there was a lot of nighttime shots, but also you see that and you're like, okay, days are rolling past. It's not just same night, same darkness, same dark. Yeah. There's different shots. The silhouettes, like like I'll, I'll go back to it again i kind of joked about it with a kiss but see like when him and selena kiss at the back signal and then there's that silhouette of them together yeah. and then i've heard walking away yeah it's just such a stunning shot mm-hmm. there's it's a lot of really, so there's a lot, shot so well there's a really there's a lot of really cool silhouette shots in this movie like yeah the one you have the one at the beginning where he kind of walks out of the shadows and like beats the crap out of those dudes you have the one where he's in the hallway and they're just to go with that cinematography. If we can just do that cinematography for shots like that as well, if I can just we've, we've praised the sound design, but the sound design and cinematography for those scenes where it's like you don't see him in the dark, you just hear the yes, yes, of the boots, and like you have no idea what's about to come out, but you just yes. hear it, and That's then awesome. you just see the silhouette just coming out of the darkness and just. It's yeah. like, that oh, was a perfect, that was a perfect like visual introduction for Pattinson's Batman because he looked properly terrifying. Yes, ads one hundred percent. I was thinking this when watching the show. Can we agree that the Bruce Wayne from Gotham TV series grew up to be this Batman? Uh, I thought never, this is a freaking sequel to the Gotham TV series. I'm watching it like this, like I'm seeing stuff like that, like like That's Sean Pertwee becomes freaking uh, what's his name? I completely forgot his name. Andy Serkis. Like the kid for Gotham, one hundred percent becomes this Bruce Wayne. I like there were so many hints to that. It just kind of caught me. Like that could so have been a sequel of done in a certain way, but one hundred percent that's his Batman. But yeah, there's everything in this is phenomenal. And um, do we want to start hitting some actual uh, plot points to it and like where the story kind of went and 
what we thought of where the story was because like it was intriguing it was very okay, intriguing yeah, it was, for how this it was really involved like <clears throat> so the main driving point behind it was um riddler trying to pull a rat out of the the, the, the political and police system within god Gotham. right he was trying to out the out the corruption within gotham mm-hmm. um and there was a lot of players obviously involved yeah. in that. Yeah. Well, can I just say for that from, from Riddler as well? That's one of the things that I that we've always talked about is a really a great defining point for a good villain mm-hmm. is that they believe they're in the right. Yeah. That what they're doing is the right thing, and it, and it's very hard to argue that this Riddler did not think he was doing the right thing. Like he obviously thought he was bringing people out of the dark into the light. He was bringing the lies to an end and bringing yeah. out the corruption. Like so phenomenal. But sorry yeah. to jump in with that there, but like that's no, like that good. driving force of like what we've always talked about is it helps make a good villain. You're good. Um, I'm gonna try to remember remember as much of this as possible. But so like obviously within the movie you're you're weaving in and out of the underbelly of, of Gotham. You're going to the the Iceberg Lounge, and there's a back room in the Iceberg Lounge yeah. where like senators and politicians and detect and corrupt detectives go. And there's a lot of like play on the you know the drug drug running with the drops that Penguin is doing. Falcone's involved with all of that, and at the end, like we even find that even Bruce Wayne's dad, Thomas Wayne, is caught up in all of that. Now, I know I had talked to you a little bit about this. Like one thing that I don't, one thing that really kind of gets on my nerves is when is a is a tendency that I saw happening of making Thomas Wayne just a monster, mm-hmm. like just like an like an evil, a rich evil person, and I feel like that's such low hanging fruit to do that. I like. Can we not just have somebody who's just filthy rich who just like helps people? See, I think that, I, I think I, the reason I felt we, like they were. No, I, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say I think the reason that we see that so often is kind of like what I talked about earlier of how like that's the driving force of Batman is the death of his parents, and as kind of as part of that is almost like it's the death of his parents, but how how he views his parents, what his yeah. perception of his parents are. So it's one of those things of like I think it's meant to throw a little spanner in the works of that of like if Batman is like thrown, if his parents aren't infallible, if they are horrible, evil people, yeah, then what is the purpose of him keeping their memory alive? What is the purpose of him doing this for their sake? It's like it's almost like that kind of driving force to it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, not everybody pulls it off that well in terms of that storytelling but I think that's what they try to go for a lot of the time yeah either that or I'm just being very generous with how I'm seeing things but well they, they started to go that route in this movie because at one point there's indication that uh, Thomas Wayne had worked with uh, Falcone to try to get dirt on another um, was it a politician or a senator or something like that oh but Falcone ended up killing them yeah it was because he was running for uh, mayor or for the senate or something like that that's he was right. running for it and um, his mom's family, like Bruce's mom's family, is the Arkham's, or like it has mental health issues and disorders, and yeah. she was treated for that. And like basically, it was looking like it was going to get exposed, and he was trying to basically pay off this reporter or have them taken care of where that wouldn't come out. Yeah. Um, and basically, he goes to Falcone for help with that, and has Falcone kill him, or at least it yeah. looks like he has him kill him. Yeah. Um, which of course throws a whole thing into into Bruce's perspective on that, and we find out later that he never wanted the guy killed; he wanted it just yeah. kind of silenced. Yeah. But then yeah. Falcone killed the guy and basically put Thomas Wayne in a corner. 
mm-hmm. because it's like now if this comes out it's going to look like you hired me to do it yeah um so kind of like twisted it for a whole 10 minutes and then just went oh no we're not going to do that no but as soon as it started happening i was like oh here we go here we go because it was the same thing with joker like thomas wayne was just an awful human being mm. and i was like come on man are we doing this again really i know we're running out of ideas but do we have to completely change the character of thomas wayne to do that i think but, it, um, that's the thing i think in joker it was literally just everybody's horrible nobody is redeemable that's in this true. movie <laughs> not even a little it was a very dark movie <laughs> but there one of the cool aspects that i liked about the movie is at times it almost felt like a buddy cop movie between <laughs> yeah between gordon and batman and i really dug that part like when they were really getting into detective trying to solve the, the mystery of the riddler there was a lot point, of great partnership between them we saw in this yeah at one point it's uh there's indication that riddler knows who batman is and he's going to he's going to like expose who who batman is as bruce wayne and there's a bunch of pictures of bruce wayne up but you know obviously we find out that riddler does not know that batman is bruce wayne yeah but there's that tension at towards the last half of the movie where you're like holy crap is he gonna get outed you know yeah, um, is he gonna get outed like freaking year two of this like which i love yeah. the fact that he even kind of says it to gordon when they're searching the riddler's place like it, he sees the stuff and thinks it, and he even says to him like this might be coming to an end yeah and it's almost like he kind of knows and obviously it doesn't happen and stuff we talked about that already and it's like but like i love the partnership that they have between them it's just it's a really good driving force for this movie i agree um, it was really cool i love the characterization really, of gord it's really played out well the whole movie's played out well the storyline just riddler's driving force and the people that he takes out like also we talked about it like is the mayor gets taken out and the da gets taken out and one gets gets pummeled to death the other one gets blown up at the funeral doesn't the police chief gets killed too in his car right yes the police chief gets killed that's right he gets killed because a new commissioner comes in and stuff like that and who i'm glad he's not in a lot of the movie see that new police commissioner by the way i just i know it's a a stupid little pet peeve for me but like his voice i'm trying to remember really irritated me and i'm so glad to show up beyond that one scene um but yeah, so they get taken out, like, the, the mayor gets bludgeoned to death, and the No More Lies thing gets put on his, um, gets put on him, uh, what was it, um, the DA, like, has to answer the questions, like we talked about, and can we just talk about the fact that Batman takes an explosion to the face Dude, during that funeral? Dude, he's, like, five feet away from it. He's not even five feet, he's, like, he's almost, like, point blank, and, like, not even a singe on him, like, no. your full chin is exposed, it should be burned. You yeah, have your, your eyes are bumps. exposed. Everything's exposed. You should not have eyeballs anymore. <laughs> and like, no, just takes it to the face that he's knocked unconscious. And we also then get the whole thing of like when he's he's escaping there, and we find out that the next person he's going for is actually him. Him and Gordon find the one of the places you think the Riddler is, and he's just got like a projector set up showing like the clips of Thomas Wayne, yeah. and basically says, "Yeah, the sins of the father will be visited upon the son." Yeah, and he realizes crap. He's gonna be attacked, but the package is heading to Wayne Manor, where he's not there, but Alfred is. Yeah, and and I was like, are they gonna kill Alfred in the first movie? No. I'm like, I'm so glad they didn't, because Andy Serkis is amazing as Alfred. Dude, he's he's awesome. phenomenal. I feel like he's a he's a bruiser. He looks like a bruiser, man. He looks like he was like you knew you know he didn't grow up privileged. He grew up in like a London gang before like yeah. coming over to be a butler. Like he can handle. Like, yeah, 
her scars and everything. Yeah, again, actually, kind of like what Ads was saying with Gotham. Like, I honestly feel like watching, like, if you watch Gotham, like Sean Pertwee and that has the same sort of feeling. I feel like this is a continuation of that mm. Alfred. Like, this is an Alfred that can definitely take care of himself. And even says to Bruce, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not great at the father thing. And trying to raise you, I'm not great at that. I said, I can teach you to fight, but that's about it. And I like, I fully believe you can teach him to fight. I fully believe half of what he knows came from Alfred at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. so much of this, like, the beatdown stuff, like, yeah, that was Alfred, 100%. Um, but yeah, so Alfred gets taken out. And then after he finds out the stuff with his father from Falcone, who he goes to see, um, goes to him and gets the truth of what actually happened. And it's like it's a really interesting little turn of all this stuff that's going on and what was it it's um renewal was that the name of it the project his father had been working on and that people were putting money in to do uh, the city and I then af- and then after his father died it became like a basically drop pot for all these crime bosses and all these corrupt cops and all these people to get money out of oh yeah it was drugs. just a slush fund basically and all yeah. of this stuff had basically been corrupted and turned to what was yeah, making it was a the renewal city fall it was like Oh, it was so well plotted. Yeah. It was 100% a detective story. Because each clue led to something else that built upon what was there. But you didn't get lost in it. Like, sometimes with detective stories, you know how you can get lost in, like, how everything yeah. fits and how things go a, a lot certain happened, way. But it, yeah, a lot happened, but it wasn't, like, too much. But you don't lose track of it all. Um, yeah. It's like, it all it all seemed to fit really well together. And it's like, it was so well done. Like... Yeah. Um, okay. The part of this, the plot I need to talk about. We talked about how the fact that like all the stuff happened leading up to this. Um, Falcone. Okay, first of all, that doesn't make sense. I was even the bat was going to get into, but Falcone is the rat. Doesn't make sense. Like, like he's he's the rat. He's he's running the city. We're all answering to him. We don't, you know, it's like we're not paying him. He we answer to him then he's not a freaking rat then, is he? He's the one running the place. That's not what a rat is. Yeah. A rat's an informant. For goodness sake, that doesn't make sense then. You're meant to be the Riddler. Because <laughs> they go after Penguin, as we said, thinking he's the rat. You know, he's working with the police. Like, no, 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 the police work for Falcone. It's like, that's not a rat. That's, yeah. not, that's not what that is. So, yeah. But we deal with the whole thing with the rat. It turns out it's Falcone, apparently. Riddler takes him out. Yeah, Riddler escapes to go up to the building, which I love the fact of like Riddler's hideout, where he's been planning all this stuff, is literally across the street from the GCPD building. He has yeah. literally been across the street from the yeah, police that awesome. are hunting him. And um, he escapes, but I love the fact he escapes and just goes to a coffee shop near him. That's a really cool scene. It's like just him there, and it's that thing of like he knows he's caught, but there's no fight, there's no fuss around it. He's so calm. But then it's like, because it's like, you're almost like, okay, well, that's the end of the movie. We've caught Riddler, we've stopped the death, the, the truth has came out, we got rid of the rat, Falcone's dead, we've taken care of it. No, we need to have another half hour of this movie. Yeah. Which I'm like, don't get me wrong, a lot of exciting stuff happened. The yeah. fighting, and it was Dude, phenomenal. One of, the, one of my favorite scenes in the movie happens in this last part. But at the same time, it feels like we were going a certain direction with the tone yeah. and we just went boom. Agreed. Agreed. In a completely different direction for no freaking reason. 
And don't get me wrong, like, I was kind of on board a little bit, because it turns out Riddler has been talking about this online on the dark web. He has yeah. been posting stuff, and people have been getting on board with him, and he's even got, like, other followers. Yeah. Which is almost like a little Riddler cult who are helping, like... Like 500 people or something like that. Who are, like, taking on, like, people from Gotham are putting on the Riddler costumes and stuff. I thought, okay, this is cool. This is, like, it's bigger than him, and it's, like... It shows almost like the fight of the disenfranchised who are like, no, this corruption has to stop. I'm like, okay, this could be interesting. It's like, oh, we've set up, we've set bombs around Gotham. I'm like, uh, yeah, right next to the water. I'm like, okay, awesome. We've got bombs. He's gonna have to go disarm the bombs. Boom, they all go off. Yeah, and I thought at first, I'll be honest, at first, why when that happened, I is there a was... why is there a dam around Gotham? Dude, I thought it was uh, like a dream sequence. I thought this this is this can't be really happening. They're not flooding Gotham right now, right? <laughs> I like, but no, but, they do. But it doesn't make sense, though, because they've blown up, like, four different parts of this wall, so, like, it's Gotham, like, the city that's, like, inside the water. Because, <laughs> like, it's, like, you know, Gotham's usually, like, a little island and there's bridges that come off of it, yeah. and the design that we see in this movie agrees with that. Yeah. Design, it shows a similar design. You see Batman looking at it from the roofs. It looks very similar to the stuff we've seen before. Yeah. And then they blow up these walls and water starts flooding in. I'm like, from where? Yeah. Are like is part of this like submerged already? Like what's going on? And it's like so the whole city just starts to flood. And can we talk yeah, as well about like, the fact of like water? But yeah, so like he's got these Riddler like groupies that are like all set up to help pull this off. Batman's like goes to face the Riddler because he wants to see him and breaks Riddler's poor little heart because tells him, like, I'm not working with you. You're a psycho. Yeah, we're not partners. We're not partners in this. And he's like, because he thinks, like, we're working together to clean up Gotham. Which, I love that element of his character. Like, he sees yeah. them as the same. We're both masked vigilantes trying to stop corruption in Gotham. And yeah. to a certain extent, you can't disagree with him. Like, yeah, his, he's, a, he's a little bit more extreme in killing them, but it's like, yeah, he's, he's doing... And then obviously we get the bit we talked about where it's like the whole thing, it looks like he knows he's Bruce Wayne and it turns out he's not, it's just the way he's speaking reveals he's mad that Bruce Wayne survived. And you find out like the main part of his plan hasn't been revealed yet, and they go back to the apartment, he sees the videos that have been posted, and just luckily, the police officer that's there watching it knows exactly what the tool he murdered the first guy is. Mm -hmm. It's like a tool for like tucking carpets under the sideboards. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's a good thing you know that, son, because otherwise we'd never have worked out what was about to happen. <laughs> because Batman rips up the carpet and Riddler keeps all his main information underneath the carpet that's tucked under the sideboards of his apartment. <laughs> Even though everything else is everywhere. <laughs> there is literally no <laughs> reason. Evidence. There is legitimately no reason. evidence we're going to put under the carpet. <laughs> there is legitimately no reason for that to be under the carpet except to set up this final 30 minutes of the movie yeah. being more in-depth. Yeah. Um... But of course, so the whole thing is like they're trying to flood the whole place and they're trying to get everyone to go to Gotham Square Garden. Is that what it's called? No. <laughs> wow. They couldn't think of another name. Oh man, there's poor people. I know. It's like, I don't know if it's exactly that. It's like something, it's like, it's definitely Gotham something garden. I think it's Gotham Square Garden. And it's clearly like, you've clearly created like Madison Square Garden and just put Gotham in instead. And it's so that's a question that I have. Total, total side tangent. In the DC universe, is Gotham New York, or is New York its own separate city? It's a separate city. Okay. It's a separate city, like New York and Chicago and all that still exists, but there's all these like fictional cities like Gotham and Metropolis and Bloodhaven and uh, Coast City and uh, Central City and stuff like that are all separate. 
I don't know what the map of the D- of DC's America looks like, but they're all like their own cities. Apparently. I don't know. If, I don't know if some of them replace cities. Apparently, Gotham Square Garden has been used in Batman comics, Batman and Batman and Batgirl, back in like the sixties. No, they went yeah, red. Wor- world's world's finest comics, way back in the day. Yeah, sixties. There's a reason they don't do it today, though. Like it was, it was one of those moments. I went, no, that's a bit cringy. Yeah, but that was bad. but they get everyone to Gotham Square Garden, where basically like this it's came out like whoever the other woman is I can't even remember her name that was running for mayor, um is cel- setting up her celebration so she's there with all her people but everyone starts running there to be safe from the flood, um, as it starts to take over all of Gotham, and right on top of the scoreboard like in the center of it all of Riddler's people are set up to start taking people out. Yeah. Um. So we get an amazing fight scene up on top of there with Batman. Like Bat, one of my favorite. The action in this movie is freaking amazing. The fighting in this feels so real and gritty and brutal, and it's magnificent to watch. It's so good, and he's like. He's up. He's up top uh, on top of the, like the the Titantron type thing, fighting mm. with these dudes on top of the catwalk catwalks. Yeah, and yeah. One of them point blank shoots him in the chest with a shotgun. Like it is like point blank. He gets point blank. At it. By the way, his armor is amazing in this movie. Like, amazing. He takes like rapid fire, multiple machine guns hitting him at the same time, shotgun blast to the chest. Absolutely fine. Like he takes a the explosion, like point blank, like. <laughs> His armor is magnificent in this yeah. movie, I must say. Like, it looks like he's gonna, like, croak. <laughs> like, it looks like he's gonna die. I know, Cable's saying it in chat as well. Like, his complete imperviousness to bullets was a little much for me. I'm like, yeah, especially for somebody that's, like, year two Batman. This isn't, like, Batman with, like, this reinforced armor that he's designed specifically for. This is just year two Batman. One thing that I, I think that, um, if I remember correctly, that Batman Begins and Bat- The Dark Knight did really well is like when he got injured, he altered his suit to protect from that specific type of injury. Well, see, I liked it because like he had like the big heavy suit, and then it like it was making him. It was also a deterrent to him because he was he was too slow in it. Yeah, he was adjusting and, his suit as he went. And I love the fact that he talks with like uh, with Fox about that. He says to him like that's like I'm looking for something that's a bit lighter suit that can move quicker. And he says, "Well, I can offer you that, but you're going to give up like certain durability." Yeah, yeah. Because like to have that flexibility, you're not going to be as protected from stuff, and it's like so. Like, there's actual talks about it, like being like real armor. This yeah, armor just it. this armor just. <laughs> like, He's wearing a tank. Let's be honest. Also, as well, can I say like with his suit? Do you think that the bat symbol was meant to be his batarangs when they first designed it, or do you think they threw it in because he does not use that as a batarang until like the last thirty minutes of this movie as well? I, I feel like that was meant to be a design, and they went, "Oh, that could be his batarangs." He, he used it as a box cutter at one point. He just cut <laughs> some plastic. I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> like, was that necessary? Like, you can't. Okay, um, but yeah, the fight scene up there with all the Riddler's guns is amazing. Um, Catwoman makes her way up there to help him because he's like starting to get overwhelmed. There are so many of them. Yeah, uh, she gets injured and is about to get taken out, and then he injects something in his leg. No idea no what it is. No explanation. Is it adrenaline? Is, is it, it venom? A steroid? Is it a steroid? It's, it's, it looks like it's Mountain Dew. It looks like this glowing, <laughs> gre- like this neon green liquid that he just stabs into his leg. Yeah. Which apparently... He just goes berserk. Yeah, like he goes berserk and it's like pummeling this guy. And I'm like, 
And all I'm thinking in my head is like, you know this guy isn't like some super powered being. You know this is just some dude on the internet that thought this was a good idea. And you're just like, pummel, pummel, pummel. You are beating the brakes off of him right now. Like, you literally had to be stopped. It's like, oh my goodness, stop. Um, but I did like the little thing when he unmasked the dude, though, because the dude says he's, I'm vengeance. And I love that's a little callback, because throughout the movie, he's called himself vengeance. That's been his own nickname for himself. Yeah. He never refers to himself as Batman. He always says, I am vengeance. And it's like an even yeah. cat woman calls him vengeance. And it's almost like that little thing clicks with him of like, this is what vengeance begets. Mm-hmm. Is this sort of chaos. Yeah. Um, then amazingly, it looks like Batman's about to sacrifice himself because there's electrical wires falling, about to fall into the flooded Gotham Square Garden. And he like pulls himself over there and cuts it and falls into the water. I love the fact they try to make that look epic when you're like, he's just fallen into a pool of water. Yeah. Like, he cut the cable, it's not electrified anymore. It's like, it's not going to electrocute him or anything. It's just, it's just water. And I'm like, you're trying to make this you way more epic. the worst, though. I know, like, it's, like, that's actually the best thing he could land on there because <laughs> below that's just a floorboard. If he'd hit that, he'd be in more trouble. Um, you do get that sweet shot afterwards, though, of him leading the people up to the roof, and he has yeah. that flare. It's that overhead shot with the flare. The flare, and see that I love though. That is one thing I did love in the final part of this movie. Was like I felt like a lot of this was over the top. Don't get me wrong, the action was cool. Like I love the action, and it, it's phenomenal in this scene. But yeah. I felt like this was tacked on. But that scene, that bit of it, made sense mm-hmm. because like he hits his flare on, and it's him helping the people out, and it's almost that thing of like the people are. It's that transition of the people being scared of this mass vigilante to realising he's here to help. Yeah. And it's that transition of himself as well, I think, it's the first step of him realising I can't just be vengeance. Mm-hmm. I have to be more. Yeah. And if I want to be more than just vengeance against these bad guys, I have to actually help as well. Yeah. And he helps the people out, he helps them up to the roof, he helps like load people up. To the helicopter, there's even that sweet scene of him loading, helping the woman that's going on to the stretcher, and like she almost yeah. like, grabs him because she's scared. Yeah. And just him reassuring her, just for the look, and like it's going to be okay. Yeah. And just that moment, and you get the cool shot of him watching the the helicopter come in and stuff, and to rescue people, and it's like that bit's very cool because it's the yeah. transition of not just being vengeance, but being justice. Which yep. is a massive thing, which is a massive transition point. But again, I love the fact we get to see it because this is early days. Yeah. Um, and we get to see what happens with it. And it's like, it was really. That's the thing as well, because like, I don't think the last 30 minutes fits the tone of everything else, but there is some cool parts to it. Yeah. The last 30 minutes felt like a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. The previous to that was a, it was it felt like it was a detective noir like type type film. Yeah, and I felt it was like definitely it, different. I felt like it'd been crammed together. Like that last thirty minutes could easily have been in the Dark Knight movies, like the okay. Dark Knight trilogy. It feels like something directly out of that, which I'm fine with. I don't mind Batman doing that. I don't mind if Robert Pattinson's Batman goes full into that. Yeah. My issue is that's not the type of movie you've set up, and it felt like yeah. it was a totally different tone shift to that. Uh, was saying the moment when he leaps for the cable felt so comic book Batman to me just diving yeah. in accepting potential death to save the people exactly because I think that's that's the transition point because we've not seen that Batman probably up till this point 
we've seen the detective, the guy seeking vengeance, the guy seeking to get the answer. Like even we've talked about like him using Catwoman and different things like that. Yeah, yeah. But then up to that point, it was like saving people, helping people, sacrificing for the people. Yeah. And we see that tonal shift for him. So I think we'll see a lot more of that in the sequel. Because let's be honest, there's going to be a sequel. If no freaking doubt. made money, there's no doubt. 100% going to be a sequel. Shall we, shall we do it? Shall we talk about yeah. the, the reveal? Where do we go? Shall we talk oh, about the reveal I, at the end first? Because that could play into what comes next. So I... Alright, so I'll be straight up. Going into this movie, I had no idea that that existed. I didn't know that that was going to be in there. I didn't know that that was going to be a thing. So it threw me off at first. I was like, who the heck is he talking to? And the second I heard the laugh, I was like, oh no. They're going to do Joker again. Yeah. And you and I have had this conversation. I love the Joker. Joker's phenomenal. He's been done at least four times in live action. Yeah. Let's give somebody else a chance. Batman, we, and we've also had this conversation. We've talked about the rogues galleries of our comic book characters. The top person with the biggest rogues gallery, the biggest and best rogues gallery is Batman. There's 100%. No 100%. Spider-Man is a close second, but Batman takes the cake. You have so many good rogues, so many Ooh. good villains that you can choose for Batman. One sec, my camera just... My camera just needed to stop focusing <laughs> for a second there because I moved position. Like, what the heck was that? I'm like, I'm not saying don't introduce him in this universe, just not right now. We don't like, need so we don't need ones. a Joker this early. Like, that yeah. whole scene, like, see as soon as he started talking and we just saw the figure in the scene, I was like, oh no, this is it. Like, cause I'd seen hints before I went in of like yeah. who who his character was going to be. What's the guy's name? I can never say it. Right? Barry Keegan, I think. Barry Keegan. Um, I always forget his name, but like Barry Keegan's character, I'm like, and who is his character? Yeah. Which I saw articles posted with that, like who's his character? And of course, one of the ones comes up is Joker, and I just kind of thought of well, of course they're going to mention Joker because but yeah. Joker obsessed. And then like I saw it, and I'm like, well, it's clearly freaking Joker. Yeah. There's no way it's not. He just yeah. didn't put his makeup face on the screen. The way he talks, the way he carries himself. I don't even have an issue with him playing Joker. Yeah, I don't. I don't at all. The way he talks, the way he kind of held himself, the way he had the conversation, I'm like, it sounds... This could be an interesting Joker. Yeah. The yeah, laugh <clears throat> was spot I like on. It. I think I like this it. could work. I mean, it's not the worst live-action Joker we've had. That title will forever go to Jared Leto. Um, oh my gosh. Don't at me, Suicide Squad. Like you almost killed was, an iconic character with that. Um, but like I was talking to you, we have got so many amazing rogues in his rogues gallery, so many amazing villains. Like I don't need to see a retelling of Batman v Joker. I know that's the iconic pairing. I know that's the the thing. Like build up to that. Have that be the third yeah. or even the fourth yeah. movie in the series. Like build up to Joker. You've you've hinted at him. Please don't do him right away again. Yeah, it's like there's, there's, there's actually, um, I think they filmed a scene with Barry Keegan and Robert Pattinson. It's an interrogation scene. So I don't know if that's going to be on the like on the. That it's, better it's because he's that better have been just a test scene. That <laughs> well, no, better. I think, at, I think it might be a like I don't know if it's going to be a deleted scene on the DVD or whatnot. But he was trying to get information on Riddler, and he went to went to Arkham. Uh, hospital to talk to I am so grateful they cut that out first of all you're redoing Joker we talked about it we've mentioned it right at the start as far as we're both concerned Dark Knight is better than this movie oh, yeah. Dark no Knight question. ranks above it one of the reasons Dark Knight ranks so highly is the phenomenal portrayal of Heath Ledger Joker yep. Yep. 
there's a couple of people who don't agree with it, a couple of people who aren't into it, but for the most part, everyone agrees that is one of the iconic Joker performances, if not the iconic Joker performance, mm -hmm. in the way he portrays him. One of the most iconic scenes from that movie is a freaking interrogation scene! Yeah. Why? Why would you try and recreate that? Thank goodness they cut it. Why would you do that? I don't know, dude. That's like having him standing in the street with a machine gun and Batman riding his bike at him. Like, you're clearly referencing something better. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. It's like, yeah, but like you I, said, I don't have I don't have an issue with Barry Keegan as Joker. I, I like him as an actor, and his yeah. laugh sounded spot on. Like, I liked it. It sounded he's like a, good, a different take on the Joker. He's but a good actor. Joker's a phenomenal character. Joker is one of these amazing comic book villains, if not the best comic book villain in existence. Yeah. He is iconic. The problem is that for some reason we became so obsessed with him, partially due to Dark Knight being such a success. Yeah. I mean, hell, he got his own movie. Joker has yeah. his own movie. How many other awesome. villains <laughs> have got their own movie? Yeah. My problem is that we're being oversaturated with Joker, and in my opinion, Joker works better when he's few and far between. Yeah. It's that thing of like, it's that thing of like, you know, like when you, how scary is a horror villain? Well, see when you do on how often you see them. See when you do fifteen movies explaining their backstory and telling me every little detail about them. Every time you show them and tell me more, they become less scary. Yeah. Jason is not more scary in Friday the Thirteenth series because I know more about him. He's scarier yeah. when I don't know who this nut job in a hockey mask is. Yeah, yeah. Why is Leatherface terrifying in the first like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and why has that never been recaptured in any other sequel? because it's the first time and I don't know who this guy is and he is terrifying. Yeah. Why is it scarier that in the comics Joker doesn't have an origin? Because the less I see him and the less I know about him, the better because he is terrifying. That's a good uh, that's a really good point. Joker needs to be used few and far between. I'm not saying don't do Joker against Robert Pattinson's Batman because uh -huh. I think it would be phenomenal to see them go up against each other. Mhm. Mm I literally mean like movie four or five. Like, don't even yeah. have him in the first trilogy. Just have like hints at him like this. If you just do this and hint at it, perfect. But touch the other villains. There are so many. I feel like this is a good transition for us. A good transition point in the in the stream. Where do we go from here? All right. Well, where, if you were if you were writing this, where would you go from here? I want to hit Ads's comment first because his is an idea on that as well. I feel that Professor Pig would be a perfect for the sequel. Maybe not as the main villain, but definitely in there. He'd be an interesting. He's a, he's, he's a good lesser, like kind of like psychopath at Arkham. Um, he's not a well-known villain. I don't even know as much about Professor Pig. Um, he could be interesting to do, especially with the more grounded stuff. Um, you and I have talked about the fact of like I would love to see a live-action Clayface. Oh yeah, that's my number one. That's my number one. And um, because I would love them to delve into the not quite so grounded. Yeah. It's such a tragic story, too. Villains, like, it's like, I think he'd be a really interesting one to do. And yeah. let's be honest, that Clayface episode in the Batman animated series, and you know exactly which one I'm talking about, it's the best episode, I think, of that entire series. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. Definitely so, one of, if not the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like he would be an awesome villain. No, I, I feel like most everyone knows nothing about him. Uh, of the Yeah, so it's a brand people. new thing and a brand yeah. new intro to a lot of people. 
Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Proper, that was a proper Mr. Freeze. That was one of the ones that I was thinking of. Like, if we do Mr. Freeze and basically do again, like Batman the Animated Series, where we introduced the whole uh, Nora Freeze stuff. Yes. If we did something like that and gave him a real tragic story and made people mm-hmm. sympathize with him, mm-hmm. we could redeem like the Batman and Robin. Don't get me wrong. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. It's a guilty pleasure. He is so Mr. goofy. Freeze. He's so goofy that I love it. But if you're talking like an actual like proper take on him. I'd love to see someone portray that. Now you had a really cool idea, which I don't know a lot about. I know you've re- you've read this run. I have not. I don't know anything about it. But what was you were talking to me about it the other night? Yeah, this one came to me because they were actually talking about it. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, like uh, Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves and stuff are big fans of them as villains, and there's talks that maybe we could go that direction. Um, and that's the Court of Owls. I'm kind of back and forth on this one. I adore the Court of Elves. I think they're a phenomenal introduction. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's like intro run to them in the New Fifty Two mm-hmm. is phenomenal. It's one of the best Batman like like story arcs I've ever read. I love the Court of Elves storyline, and um, it's so cool. You get to see these amazing characters. You get to see this amazing organization this running everything behind Gotham, you get to see Batman getting broken down and like going mm-hmm. mad with the torture yeah. they put him through. It's a really cool idea. My issues with it, though, because a lot of people are talking Court of Elves now because of that. Yeah. My issues with it are, I think it hits harder if there's a, if it's a more established Batman. Because the whole point of the Court of Elves is this organization is like a fairy tale that have been like running stuff in Gotham for centuries. Having a Batman who's more established, like him not having heard of them when he's like been away doing stuff and only been Batman for a couple of years is fine. But being aware that Batman has been like functioning in Gotham and doing his thing in Gotham for like over a decade even. Yeah. Like for five years, ten years, fifteen years, and the Court of Owls has been operating all this time since before he was born, and he has no clue that they exist, no yeah. hint of them, no trace of them. Yeah, and yet somehow he now stumbles onto them for the first time and realizes they're a threat. They capture him, they put him in a maze, they like torture him, they attack the city with the talons, their warriors. Mm. There's so much cool stuff there, but it works yeah. better when it's an established Batman. And also, if you do lead on to the City of Owls part of the story, when they actually attack Gotham, he calls upon the whole Bat family to help because oh, there are too right. many talents to fight so himself. Robin, hitting all different parts of the city. So you need Nightwing and Red Robin and Robin and Red Hood and Batgirl and Batwoman. You need these characters because the whole of Gotham is being overrun by them. You need backup. And this Batman is too early in his career for backup. Even yeah. if you introduced Robin, like, okay, there's two of them. Yeah. Against this army, and I'm like, no, it's that is a big finale. That's a that's like a third movie when he's been established for a little while. You can do a time jump to it and go into it maybe, yeah. but for the second movie, no, I don't do you think, think they introduce so. a, a proper Robin in the second movie. I'd be up for that depending how they did it. Yeah. They could introduce Grayson as a young kid and they could carry that on into the third movie and maybe explore Nightwing a bit. 
because that's my thing as well as like with with Robert Pattinson's one like I I think maybe wait one more movie to introduce a Robin possibly and that's just because yeah. I feel like Robert Pattinson's Batman is still very young feeling and I don't know if I can go into seeing him taking on that role of adopting a kid to try and help them mm-hmm. without seeing him maybe like even halfway through the movie have him do it but like yeah. I want to see him more established a little bit Yeah, like now we've kind of got what his purpose is is bringing justice and his changing of what he's doing in Gotham I want to see a little bit more of him running with that before yeah. he then tries to be a father figure because like if you take Bruce Wayne as he is in this movie there's no way he should be touching a kid no way no way came out completely wrong but he yeah, shouldn't no, be doing yeah. that either he <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't be you know being a father and trying to raise a kid yeah. and trying to do that Hey, JB, thank you so much for the luck, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'd say, go back to the question I asked on a previous podcast after watching the movie. Which Robin do you choose? That's all you, man. (sighs) I don't know. I know know you're a huge fan of the Bat Family. I think, now that I've seen the movie, I think it has to be Dick Grayson. It has to be Dick because, like, you could introduce Tim Drake and have him, like, work it out and stuff that he's Batman just like he did in the comics and stuff, work out that Bruce Wayne's Batman and kind of get himself almost half adopted in. Yeah. Um, But I think you need Dick Grayson. I think you need... You need the light-hearted element against this dark Batman. You need the thing because, like, that Batman's one of those things of like he could go off the rails into complete darkness, and Dick Grayson's almost like a lighter side of him. He needs the yin and the yang. He needs that part of him, and I think this Batman would benefit from the success story. I think it would be a great step in this Batman to see this kid went through what I went through, and there is an exit for him. He mm. can get out, and he can have a life. Yeah, and so I think having watched it, it would be Dick Grayson they would have to bring in. Yeah, um, I would ask you as well about another one that had kind of been mentioned a lot because Matt Reeves talked about being a fan of it as well, and they kind of dropped a little hint, almost like a little Easter egg during the the Thomas Wayne video. I know you're where say. it where it popped up and it said hush. Yeah, hush. The introduction of hush is one that Matt Reeves has talked about and. That's another run. I haven't read a lot of Batman, um, at least the more recent Batmans. Um, so I don't know a lot about Hush. Uh, you know, I've watched the movie and stuff like that. But uh, he seems like a really cool villain, and a lot of people are talking about him. So I mean, he would be interesting. Um, it's a cool, it's a cool villain. My other thing, for, my only thing for it is, if you take the main Hush story, which let's be honest, is the only time he really appears. He's they've tried to do it a couple of other times, and it just didn't work. Um, so the main hush story is the fact that like, this guy ends up being a friend of Bruce Wayne's from when he was a kid and all this stuff and it's like you can establish all that that's fine but the whole major thing that they do is that they try to is that he plays everyone in Batman's life off each other he plays the villains off of each other and has them doing things they wouldn't normally do he uh-huh. has Poison Ivy like seduce um, Superman and stuff and like overtake him at one point and you have that you have a what is it like jason todd comes like comes back from the dead 
like before he actually did come back like they made a difference it was him that was hushed behind it all the time and they attacked tim drake and it ended up not being him it ended up being clayface and then they decided maybe it was him and they could they totally buggered up his continuity with that because they couldn't decide what they wanted to do with it um <laughs> they went off the rails with that one um, but there was all this help to it. Uh, one of the big things to help take him out is a whole thing with Two-Face having been established and Two-Face actually getting the other half of his face fixed is a big part of it. Mm. There's all these turning gears. Yeah. Which I have no problem with because I know that Matt Reeve could handle that. He proved he can handle a lot of moving parts in this movie. Yeah. My only thing is there is not enough of the Batman lore established to make it as big and epic as it should be so it seems like regardless of where we go you're gonna have to have some sort of time jump between the first and the second movie in i order feel to like establish some villains or, or, or i feel know. like you have to establish and that's it you could do it you could take there's a five year you know jump and like have an yeah. opening scene of him taking on something like killer croc or yeah. you know you know something like insane like that you could set up all this stuff and establish that my only problem with it is like there's other stories you can tell with some of these villains like even something simple as like I mentioned their Poison Ivy I'd love to see a story like that with Poison Ivy or Mr. Freeze like we talked about or like establishing these other villains where it's like there's something that can be there I feel like with the Batman mythos to get to some of these bigger characters like you could have gotten this there but they made a very specific choice to do Batman year two yeah and set it up in the second year of him being Batman, which they didn't have to do, that was a personal choice. If they had a more established Batman, you could have thrown him into this movie already having a rose gallery, have him like go into Arkham and all these people are locked up that are villains of his. Yeah, yeah. You could have done that, but because we've chosen to be in year two, I think we have to build a story that works for year three, four, five, yeah. these early years. Yeah. And a big part of that I think is like some of these other villains don't work unless you change the story. Um, and in my head and like that's not necessarily a bad thing I'm thinking for example like Captain America Civil War uh-huh. they completely played on the Civil War name to get people of like it's Captain Man v Iron Man but if you watch Captain America Civil War and then read the Civil War comic they are nothing alike nothing. and there's a whole bunch of stuff set up in the comics that do not make an appearance in this so you could do like Batman Hush or you could do you know uh, Batman Court of Owls or Batman versus the Ninja Turtles or Batman vs. Hey, we've done that crossover in comics and movies, so why not? Um, I think you could do those, but you would have to be very careful in your editing of the story to yeah. get just as much of an impact out of something completely different. Mm-hmm. And be aware that if people are massive fans of those stories, there might be backlash if they're not done justice. Do you feel like he does anything with League of Shadows in the second movie? I Maybe he feels like Maybe he feels like he doesn't have enough like fighting skills or I, whatnot. I pray that they don't. Yeah. Just simply because Christopher Nolan's trilogy was heavily based on the League of Shadows. Like yeah. the whole first movie is Rachel Ghoul. We don't mm-hmm. see it in the Dark Knight, but when we get to Dark Knight Rises, like Bane was trained with the League of Shadows, Talia Al Ghul makes an appearance, you know, we get mm-hmm. throwbacks to um, Liam Neeson's Rachel Ghoul coming back. We get yeah. all this stuff happening that's clearly around the League of Shadows. Mm-hmm even like Batman's training is via the League of Shadows and different things like that it's yeah. like, so I would really hope they don't take that direction with it mm-hmm. just simply because we've seen it already yeah. we've seen a, hev- a trilogy heavily settling on that and I'd rather we didn't do that again personally yeah. 
you know. If I had to bet money, I would think they're. I I, I think they're going to introduce a Rob, Robin is going to be a huge player in the second movie. If I, if I had to put money on it, I think there's going to be a bit of a time jump. They're going to establish him as the playboy. You know, Bruce Wayne. They're going to establish his full facade as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. He's going to have. There's going to be some pre-movie capture of some of the villains in Arkham Asylum. I feel like Arkham, Arkham Asylum, Arkham Prison is going to be a huge part of the second movie. I think that's going to fill in because we got to see a bit of Arkham at the end there with Riddle and yeah. the Joker. Um, so I think we're going to like heavily jump into that and jump into a bit more of Arkham and with the establishment. Because we mentioned a lot about Arkham in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. And it often gets overlooked because they talked a lot about the Waynes and the Arkhams being the founding families of Gotham. Mm-hmm. so there's definitely a lot there that they could delve into for Arkham Asylum I mean heck yeah. you could even do something similar with that if you wanted to do a time jump or like have villains already in there and stuff like that yeah. and ha- yeah. and do almost like a take on the Arkham Asylum game where Batman's in Arkham Asylum and has to deal yes. with all these villains and yeah. work his way through them a little bit and build that place up as, as much a threat it is you know um, I think you could definitely do that but there's there's yeah. a lot of directions they could go I, at this point, 100% trust Matt Reeve and Robert Pattinson. I agree. To see where they go. I, I thoroughly I was, enjoyed this, and I'm like, I'm I'm excited for a sequel. Yeah. Um. I really want to watch it again. I really yeah. want to watch it again. I really want to see like it I, you need, I feel like it needs a second l- watch in order to fully absorb it. Yeah. A lot happens. It's a really enjoyable movie. I'm going to happily sit and watch it again. I'm going to happily delve into this again. And I'm glad we've got a Batman that's kind of being established. I'm sad that it's not part of the DCEU. Yeah. Because it is so good. Um, I'm very glad that we're doing this as our Batman series, though, instead of the Ben Affleck one now. I kind of got fed up with the whole Ben Affleck, will he, won't he be Batman thing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, he's still going to be Batman. I'm like, he's been doing this for like two years now, whether he will or won't. I don't care anymore. Like, he clearly doesn't want to play the character. It's put me off him playing the character. And I will stand by, like, the most, like, comic accurate Batman I've seen is probably his. Hands down. Bar, like, the guns. And, bar, um, bar the murdering people. But, yeah. yeah. The, bar, like, the, the ridiculous murdering of people. Like, he's definitely, like... Like, with the cowl on, he is, he is Batman. Right. He looks like yeah. it. And it's like... But he he screwed around it so much to the point of, like... Kind of like the fact of, like, we talked about it the other day. Like, all the DC projects keep getting pushed around to the point of, like... I'm just I'm not excited anymore at this point. No, I'm just I I'm, I can't get excited about it because like it's so. <sighs> it's... Like you can tell that like they just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. No, and that's it. And that's the thing. Like I'm glad Batman's here and it's establishing this thing for DC because, again, all the DC stuff getting shifted around. Like we talked about that. You know, we literally before I watched the Batman we had the trailer for like all the DC stuff coming out in 2022 and I'm already laughing at it because I'm like Aquaman and Flash off and I'm like, I'm like haha you aren't showing up this year and I'm like what is showing up this year from DC uh, Shazam got pushed to December Black Adam's coming out in October although that got pushed back like what is it four months or something Yeah, it was meant to come out in the summer and I'm like like are DC going to release movies is that a thing um, but like yeah they don't even care anymore but yeah, one hundred percent. I would personally highly recommend this movie. This is—it's not my favorite Batman movie. Definitely not the best comic book movie I've ever seen. But one hundred percent, it's an enjoyable movie. It's well worth seeing. I would definitely. So you said say, eight, eight point five out of ten, right? Yeah, I would. I would say solid eight point five. Now, like thinking back now that we've talked through everything, I'm like definitely eight point five. Yeah, I think I it's not—it's it's it's not perfect, but yeah. Yeah, seven five between seven five and eight for me, but mm. yeah. 
Because yeah. what you said, a lot of the stuff that you said makes sense. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't go into the movie with the context of this being new. He's a new Batman. Like, he's mm-hmm. in year two. But that, you know, a lot of the criticisms that I have, it makes more sense now knowing that. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It definitely changes things when it's early Batman. But then again, in seeing that, that's going to be a factor in the next movie. If are we still in the early stages? Like, is next one going to be year three, or like, are we yeah. more established as Batman? Because if you do some of this stuff with a more established Batman, I don't think it works. Yeah. So I'm going to be interested to see where it goes from here. Yeah, agreed. Would recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Not the best Batman movie, not the best superhero movie. So sorry to break the hearts of everyone that said it was a nine or a ten out of ten on yeah. the best superhero movie ever. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong because you know how we are the definitive telling of how we this are. stuff actually is. Obviously you know, across, across <clears throat> the nitro, we are the de facto comic book movie writers. But one hundred percent, like yeah, this is a well worthwhile movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I will happily see yeah. it again. You know, it's like I, I, I'm excited for it to. You know, it's coming out. I think it's next month. It drops on HBO Max for streaming. I will definitely be binging it a little bit and watching it a couple more times when it hits streaming oh, yeah. as well. It's like it's, oh, yeah. it's well worth checking out. Oh, why? Why in the world did that not come up for him? <laughs> that was so random. Uh, random, but I was complaining about the bouncers at the club because when Batman knocked, they opened the door and just shut when no one was there. I said to my friend, they were like Tweedledee and Tweedle. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Like the bouncers at the club, everyone got the chance. To talk. One of the best fight scenes is Batman just going ham at the, the iceberg lounge and just laying into all the bouncers. Was I feel like they were trying to do something at the door? Like, because when he goes there as Batman and he goes there as like Bruce Wayne, they got like the twins at the door and like one of the twins like answers the door and shuts it and goes and gets the other twin to come and answer as well. That part. I don't know. I feel like I'm like have gaps in my memory of this movie. I like it's it's so random, but yeah, it's like it's absolutely the bouncers at the iceberg one for so bizarre. But and again, another great fight scene as he fights his way through the club. Yeah, but but yeah, so we are past at four o'clock, so we're going to be wrapping up here. But that is basically our kind of thoughts overall on the Batman. I'm sure there's probably a ton of stuff we've missed out or anything oh, yeah. like that. Um, but by all means, if you guys want to keep talking Batman with us, hit us up on social media, hit us up on our Discord. Um, stuff like that we can definitely keep the conversation going um, not to mention the fact as well that we have um, other great conversations going on there are lots of connections going on if you want to catch this if you've missed any of today's episode uh, we'll be getting uploaded on our YouTube channel and probably by tomorrow it should be popping up there if you want to see the video and it'll also be getting uploaded on all our and podcast wherever you get your podcast from the audio version will be uploaded there as well so by all means go ahead and check it out what's that saying i felt so embarrassed for the face painting guy at the start it pulls a blade and gets yeah I, <laughs> right at the start that guy gets pummeled uh, at the start and it is absolutely hysterical i just love it because he goes up to him so confident and it's like yeah you don't know what's coming we all do and he just <laughs> lays him out it's so funny but thank you to everyone that came and hung out with yes. us joined in the conversation thank today you this has been an absolute blast today um, but we are going to let me pull up my oh, let me pull up my internet and twitch we are going to go and drop a raid on someone I don't know who yet we're going to see who is live um, but we're going to go drop a raid show some love and wrap it our day uh, GC he's live Oh yeah, let's go raid Zombunny. She's actually alive on a Sunday. We don't usually get to raid her. 
tipsy man. Oh, there are a bunch of people on today. What is going on? No one is ever on a Sunday. What is happening? One geek's on as well. Dang. We got options and options today, Nitro. Let's do it. We don't uh, raid Zombunny a lot. Let's do that. Yeah, let's raid Zombunny. How long has she been on? Oh, yeah, she's only been on for a couple of hours. Alright, so we're going to head over and raid our good friend Zombunny. Um, FYI for anyone who is family friendly, she is not. Uh, so please be aware of that going in. But she is one of the most amazing streamers you'll meet. Great person. Loving, caring, absolutely amazing women. Go and show her some love. Drop her a follow. Drop her some likes. Drop some love. Um, we will be back this week. Uh, tomorrow night, Jay will be back. Continuing her playthrough of Bioshock Infinite. At 8.30 tomorrow night. 8.30 Eastern. Um, well, she's a big Batman fan too. That's right. She loves her comic stuff as well, Kibo. Um, but yeah, come and join Jay for um, her Monday night stream. She has been absolutely enjoying her playthrough of Bioshock Infinite. So come and show her some love. I will be back with some more Batman content on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock as I jump into Batman Arkham Knight. We finished Arkham City last week, so I'm getting ready to jump into some Arkham Knight. Um, I have not nice. played this game in quite a few years now, so I'm looking forward to jumping back into it. Nitro will be back, I believe, on Thursday. You got yep, art this I'll be Thursday? back on Thursday, either working on a comic, or if I can get it hooked up, my, I'll be playing some PlayStation 5, so we'll, we'll see. Nice. We'll see what happens. Nice. Keep updated on our social media for that to see what Nitro's doing on Thursday and how his setup's going. And then, of course, join us for Sea of Thieves this Friday as we are back, 8 o'clock. I will be sailing out with uh, Steel the Centurion will be joining me again. Game Boy Nikolai, formerly of the Co-op Trio podcast, if you know them, will be joining us. And a great community member of ours, Chunk the Hut, will be um, joining us that day as well. So I am super hyped for this. Sea of Thieves streams will be so much fun, so make sure you join us. But for all of you, I hope you have an absolutely amazing Sunday. Have an absolutely great day. And remember, as always, it is a good week to be a geek. Take care. See you later, guys. See you guys. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh.